Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, Gypsy Gang? And we are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast and super stoked to bring you guys this one with my dear friend, Caitlin Eels. She actually uh, sits three meters away from basically every podcast that we've done in our new studio. Uh, Katie is a fellow North Queenslander, fellow mad dog, and uh, she is the owner of a company called Sabia Co. Um, Basically, it is a... uh, just a, a skincare company that is really making a difference when it comes to the environment. Um, they've got a really, I guess, like a uniquely sustainable model, um, re- all reusable and eco-friendly, and it's all chemical-free. Um, basically, she's got a really cool story of going away on a holiday um, and just being completely... Um, I guess just distraught at the these pristine beaches that she'd been looking forward to traveling to just being completely filled with rubbish and most of all single-use plastic. So um, she started a company uh, with her partner Dave and that has just been their mission ever since. Um, yeah, she's, she's just a legend. It's such a, such a great podcast with such a cool chick. Um, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the guys at Macro Kitchen. You can head to macrokitchen.com.au. You can use the code gypsygang10 and that's going to get you 10% off at checkout. Uh, this is going to come in handy if you're on the go like myself. Uh, I do like my cooking, but at times it's just not not really feasible with the schedule, whether it's training or riding. Um, but basically, I just log on to macrokitchen.com.au, order myself a couple of their meals. They're always, they're made fresh. They're not frozen. Um, They do delivery in the Gold Coast area. um, And you can also just pick them up, which is what I do. They're basically across the the highway from Wahoos. Uh, We're also brought to you by the guys at Combat Nutrition, cmbt.com.au. If you use the code gypsy, you'll get 15% off at checkout. Um, It's the basically the pre-workout protein and amino acid formula that I use uh, when I'm training and it was a big part of me actually trying to get through my recovery from my crash which I guess I'm still sort of going through so um, I yeah it really 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 come in handy I I haven't really done the whole protein thing um, consistently until uh, partnered with these guys and I really yeah probably a bit of an idiot for not doing it sooner to be honest 
Um, we're also brought to you by the guys at Crick's Tweed. You can head to crickstweed.com.au. Uh, they're giving away that brand new 2020 KTM SXF 450. Uh, all you've got to do is buy a new or used vehicle um, from the guys there. Uh, just hit up Kyle. He's an absolute legend. Bit of a fellow motor shredder too, by the way. Um, and we're also brought to you by the guys at Boost Mobile. You can head to www.boost.com.au. Have a bit of a squiz at the best prepaid packages in Australia. They're on the full Telstra 4G uh, LTE network. Um, all right, that is it from me. Uh, also, if you are feeling like you want some dope threads, uh, you can head to gypsy-tales.com uh, and support our merch store. We've been going pretty ham uh on the merch lately so i hope everybody has been enjoying not only the the t-shirts but some of the ad stuff that we've been doing to promote it uh thanks very much and enjoy this episode with the perpetually lovely caitlin eels i don't even have that shit do you want to hear a funny story about corked wine I would love to hear a funny story about corked wine. How about you talking to your microphone though so that people can also hear your funny story. Oh my story. God, we're doing it. Yeah, we're on, bro. Fuck. Here we go. Um, well, when I was working on the boats, I'd never opened a cork wine. Still don't know how to do it. Really? Um, and like it was for the full rich Israeli family and I was doing it like this and they were like, uh, how did you get this job? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like your only job is to service wine? Fully, and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, Caitlin Eels joining us on the Gypsy Tales podcast. <laughs> How do you feel? I'm excited. Bit nervous? Bit nervous. We talk a lot of shit every day, so. I know. So for context for people, and then pull this closer too once you've done with the wine, and but real close, like close, close. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then like pull it so it's like that far away. Well, I'm concentrating on this. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, so to give people context, Caitlin sits literally a meter away. three meters away from this chair and has been three meters away from every podcast that we've done for a, quite a long time. Uh, she's a bit of a badass in her own right in, in business where fellow North Queensland kids and, uh, Katie actually has a really cool story of, uh, becoming, a young woman entrepreneur and act like absolutely fucking killing it. Uh, she works out of the office here with us at Alpine Group HQ and uh, very worthy guest on the podcast. What an intro. I normally don't even do intros like that. Well, thanks. I feel blessed to be here. Is this, am I doing this right? I don't know. That's why I handed it to you. <laughs> you meant to uh, There it is. It's coming. That. It's coming. Yeah? Yeah, it's coming. Don't get cork in the wine. True. My non-negotiable was that we had to have a glass of wine if I was doing this. Yeah, bring that even closer. You'll be able to hear the difference, trust me. Hello. Yeah, better. Um, yeah, so this bottle of wine, I don't know if I told you the story, but this is from Dean Lucas, a guest of ours. Nice. Not sure if you met him. And I think it's his dad's winery. Where is it from? Uh, South Australia, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Beechworth Star Lane Vineyard. Product of Australia, Victoria, Beechworth, Victoria. Nice. So that's for you. Are you going to have one? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we actually need one because it's 
just been stressful lately, hasn't it? It has been. It's been a really busy month. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you to Dean. Never really drink on podcasts. Well, why not? Why not, eh? So what's been going on? You got new shit, new shit happening. You're mm. in a, you're in like a weird phase of business. You're about to get an employee for the first time. I know. And you also have like a whole new thing. So let's start by giving the people some context on Sabia Co. Mm-hmm. And uh, where you're kind of at and then we'll just go from there. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we started Sabia Co. almost a year ago, September last year. Um, it is sustainable skincare tools at the moment. So we only sell tools that you use with water to literally clean your face, take up makeup, zinc, sunscreen, everything. Um, and all the tools are recyclable, reusable or biodegradable. And yeah, it's been going pretty well. And so this year, maybe like three months ago, I think I started the process of the skincare. So actual cleanser, serum and a couple of new masks. So that's what I've been working on, like a little gremlin over there. Yeah, you've been going hard. Yeah, so that's exciting. It's been a really like, I don't even begin to know how to explain the process of the whole thing, but you know what I'm like and I don't like to take things slowly. So as soon as I thought that's what I wanted to do, it's been like balls to the walls. And now it's finally happening. Our jars are literally getting picked up and put on a boat today. Like right now, right? Right now, I just got a message, so... I'm excited. So the like for Sabia, where did the idea come from? I like I, I roughly know the story of it, mm-hmm. but it's a really cool story that you've got, and I think that that's part of why the business does so well is because yeah. like anytime that anytime you're around like brands, you kind of you hear the whole brand story and for anyone wanting, like I feel like this would be a cool podcast for anyone really wanting to start a business. Cause mm. I feel like as the years go on for you guys, it's just going to become more and more apparent that the origins and the reason for starting the brand and the, like your passions are the reason why it did well. And I yeah. think that so many times people will talk to you or ask you questions about business and like, how did you know what to do? Like, where'd you get the idea from? And it's like, I just don't think ideas, like I don't think you can sit at a table and get the idea that you're after. I think the really good ones that end up having legs kind of have a similar sort of story to, you know, how you guys started. They usually come from like a problem or a passion. So for me and for us, I guess it was both. Um, I've always been passionate about skincare. So for like years, maybe since I was 20, I'm 26 this year. So six years, um, I went to uni with a girl that had like shocking acne, like really, really bad. And she was using all these gnarly products that were like bleaching our towels. And I was like, you cannot be putting this on your skin. Really? And you cannot be bleaching my fucking towels. And like coming from a European background, like, we don't eat things from a packet, let alone put chemicals on our skin. So I was just like, what are you doing? There's got to be a better way to like clear your acne. And I started making all these like organic scrubs from like coconut oils, salts, different bits and pieces. And that kind of like I just organically started doing that. And then I made a website and that was like selling pretty well. I wasn't doing anything else. What was that called again? 
Katie's Essentials. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So and original. It was, like, it was like Katie's Modern Life. <laughs> Do you remember that cartoon, Rocco's Modern Life? No. Oh, you're probably too young. Um, but yeah, I started that and it so like... So Katie's Modern Life, yeah. Yeah, might, might bring, bring it back. <laughs> um, and yeah, it got like, it just kind of organic. It was before, Inst- Instagram was a thing, but not like a what it is what it now. Is, yeah. And I didn't really understand how I could utilise Instagram to get it anywhere bigger than what it was but it was doing fine and I made a bit of money and then that's when I like did it help your friend oh so much that's how it made money because she was studying naturopathy and she was going to uni and everyone was like what's doing with your skin and she was like oh I'm just using this stuff my roommate's making and then like friends would ask about it and then all of a sudden I was making it for heaps of people and I was like oh I'm spending money on this like do you want to pay me to make it for you and then yeah, I started, Maddie helped me make a website. Poor thing. <laughs> I was like coming to his warehouse next door and being like, hey, um, I don't know what to do about this. Um, and yeah, that went really well. And then I quit kind of working and got pretty heavy into like, a bit too heavy into veganism and yoga. And <laughs> I was like. We should actually talk about that too. The, yeah, do you want to just go into that? No, now? no, no. We'll go into it later. I want to um, keep hearing about this, but don't let me forget that. Okay. And then, yeah, so I was doing Katie's Essentials full-time, not making, like, much money, but I was, like, 20, so... Yeah, I was going to say, what type of lifestyle were you living? Um, I was teaching a little bit of yoga. I was doing, like, a bit of barista work and doing that. Um, And it was, like, enough to get by. I wasn't stressed about money. Um, And then I just decided, like, I was going to do my big Europe trip. And I was like, oh... I'll just do this for a bit and then go over there. And poor mum, I made mum keep making them and packing orders from Australia while I was That's in Europe. That's pretty gangster, actually. <laughs> Wait, you are a wog. That's full mafia shit, eh? <laughs> she was like, what am I doing this for? I was like, just keep fucking doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Never paid her once, poor darling. Um, she loved it. She did love it. And then, yeah, when I was in Europe, it was kind of like happening, but not like mm. I was partying. Were you thinking about it much though? Like, no. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of, when I came back, I was like pretty cashed up and I thought, well, what, like, I'll have a proper crack at it now. Um, and then I just couldn't find an idea. Like coffee scrubs are really popular now. Body oils are really popular. And I was like, I'm just going to be the same shit everyone's doing. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be something different. So then I just focused on like, I've got my marketing. So I got my first marketing manager role didn't love it. It was for like an injectables clinic on the Gold Coast and that's like a hundred opposite to you. Ten percent not what <laughs> yeah. I'm into. Yeah. I remember having like an argument in my interview because I was like, I'm not wearing red lipstick every day to work. And yeah, they're like, right. You need a red, red red lipstick and black high heels. And I was like, if you want me to do your marketing, I'll be rocking up how I want. Yeah. And then Because um, you don't like you don't use any conventional makeups at all. Like you only no. use sustainable, natural shit. Well like, even for yourself, right? Yeah. Today is like the first time you've probably ever seen me with mascara on because I had a Skype meeting before. Yeah, I but noticed you had, eye, what are they, eyelashes today. Eyelashes. I've like, got eyelashes every day. <laughs> Where are they? Um, but yeah, like I never wear makeup every now and then. Like this is made from almond and like cacao powder. Yeah, right. The, the mascara is. Yeah, so it's like 100% natural. It's not going to. I mean, it's not like some girls might want a bit more than that, but I'm. it's just not what yeah. I'm about. So what's the ethics behind the makeup? Like, are you doing it for ethical reasons or sustainable reasons? Cause like, that's one of the things that I thought 
obviously we talk every day, but we don't talk about that yeah. much shit, <laughs> to be honest. We just talk a lot of shit. We just talk <laughs> shit. But I was like, it would be cool to learn. I've tried to be a bit more conscious of mm. single-use plastics and just general sustainability because essentially I buy everything from Woolies and Coles. It's not good. Yeah, and it's not, right? Because it's all, everything's in a packet, everything's made in bulk and there's all of the waste and they're not you know inks and dyes and that like it is Mm. a problem and i think that i feel like people are around the whole concept of eating clean but i think that the new wave and it's not like it's not happening but i Mm. think the it'll become more of the forefront of people's mind is like purchasing clean and being like a clean clean consumer as well you know yeah yeah, well, um, I guess like we'll finish that because it kind of rolls into – I'll finish talking about how we started Sabia. Um, I was doing my marketing job, like finished my first year because I just needed a year on my resume to say I was a marketing manager. Started working for a company um, literally just around the corner that sold soaps and I thought, well, this is a bit more natural. Like they say they're a natural company. And then being behind the scenes, like customers were getting burnt from the chemical, the fragrances that they were putting in the soaps. And I was like, fuck, this is so against what I'm about. The job was also, like, not the funnest job. It was, like, getting messages at 5 a.m. being like, oh, Katie, can you do this? I'm like, no, I work from 8 to 4. Like, yes, I'm a manager and I'll do extra, but don't fucking message me at 5 a.m. That's the last thing I want to wake up to. Yeah. Um, And then Dave and I went on a surf trip to Sri Lanka with a bunch of friends and all I wanted to do, like, it was a surf trip, but all I wanted to do was go up into the mountains and see the tea fields and do like some Sri Lankan cooking classes. And we went on this hike and there was just so much like shit, like rubbish. It just broke my heart. I was pissed off. I was like, this country's so dirty and I'm off it. And then we went over to Aragon Bay where like all the surfing was. And it wasn't like so bad in Aragon itself, but then we caught like tuk-tuks for four hours to this Remote surf. Four hours. Oh my god, I could have murdered Dave. It was like <laughs> thirty-five degrees, and it was in Ramadan, so no, no one no, eats. Yeah, no one's eating. Women aren't meant to show their shoulders, and it's like thirty-five degrees. I'm in a bikini. Everyone's like hissing at me. I was like, Fuck, "This is the worst holiday ever." <laughs> Got to this stupid surf break. It was too big for me to even swim, so I was just melting away on the beach. And I went for a walk, and there's like those big leader you know, water bottles yeah. that kind of crush up really quickly. Makeup wipes, toothbrushes, thongs, like so much shit. And I was just did as much as I could, like with the bag that we had. Got back to the tuk-tuk and I was like, oh, do you, can you hold on to this so I can, like, do you have another bag and I can just keep filling up bags while I'm waiting? And he's like, he was like, Confused. no, like why would you do that? Yeah. And then we got back on the way. I was just like a lot more conscious about I could only see rubbish now and Mm. we're driving back and they're just burning it in the streets. I'm like, fuck, this is so bad. And then we got home and I just said to Dave, I was like, I don't know what, like I know I'm going to own a business, like that's where I'll excel, but it's got to be something to do with this problem. Like we got to stop single-use consumerism. And he was like, all right, well, what, like where do you want to begin? Because there's a whole realm that we could really work on. And originally we wanted to make this like surf travel kit that was like for cuts and like reef cuts and that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. But made a few samples and like ordered a few things, but everything was just wrapped in plastic. And then um, 
I had started using like a lot more greener beauty products and just being a lot more conscious now home about like not buying things from Woolies and like in plastic going to the bulk food store with like a net bag instead um not buying cleansers that came in plastic packaging because like a quarter of landfill is actually made up from personal care items really a quarter quarter yeah no a third it's a third and I that was like the big thing for me and I was like all right well what can I do at home to at least make a difference here until I figure out what I want to do and I came across this thing called a cognac sponge which is like a Japanese plant kind of like a potato um, 100% biodegradable, like helps balance your pH levels. At the time, um, I was going through like, I would never say I've had bad skin, but I was definitely breaking out, um, probably from the stress of my job. But <laughs> I started using this sponge and I was just like, this is amazing. Like my skin's never felt better, never looked better. I'm literally not doing anything bad for the environment. Like only water's going down the drain. Cause like in a cleanser, there can be over 10,000 chemicals going straight into the seaway and like there's so many things wrong with that on such a bigger level than just what it could Mm. be potentially you know going into your bloodstream but let alone what it's going to do to the ocean and then I remember just saying to Dave like what about a face kit and he was like ah like what do you mean and I was like what about a kit that can take off makeup and zinc and sunscreen that can cleanse and exfoliate but only needs water and all the products are like really environmentally friendly and he was just like, mm, I don't know what you mean. Like, have fun. Yeah. And I just for like that face kit word, and now that's our main product is the face it face kit. Um, just stuck in my head, and I just we had so many samples that came, and I was like, no, nah, that's not it. That's not it. And then like we're not the creators of cognac sponges, but we've created a kit, and it's more about the ritual that follows through with the kit of like cleaner living. And the whole motto is that you should be using like clean green products that make you feel clean and green that you don't want to have to put on makeup and you shouldn't have to cover your skin if you have good skincare, like you should want to flaunt it. Yeah. And I think like some sustainable companies go too hardcore, eco-friendly that the modern consumer is like, oh, that's just hippie shit. I don't want to use it. Yeah. It's like I get the message, but does it work? Yeah. Like so there's got to be like the function. It has to be the middle middle ground. And that's what I really wanted to create was like something that, is like Lux and that girl, like everyday girl is going to be like, well, actually that looks like a really nice product because everything has to be aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Um, it actually works and my skin feels amazing. And I I truly think that we've, we've kind of hit the nail on the head. Like the response that we get from people is so good. So mm. you still haven't used it yet, have you? I don't have one. I gotta get one. You've got thousands next oh, door to you. Yeah, I should. Well, I don't wash my bloody face. I'm like, well, it's you know, it's funny. His dad would always say to us, "Sunlight like, soap." Well, we used. Is that I what know. you use as well? No, Maddie tells me, and I get the shits all the time. Oh yeah, we yeah we, we only ever had sunlight soap, but anytime we had bad skin when we were like teenagers, Dad's like, "Just wash your fucking face more." He's like, you don't need soap. He's like, he'd always say, the reason why all these skin companies do so good is because they make you wash your face seven times a day. He's like, it's got nothing to do with the fucking soap. He's like, if you wash your face seven times a day, it's going to be clean. I'm like, fair enough. Good, decent, decent logic, mate. (laughs) But yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't done it. I've, I've noticed, but that my skin's gotten worse since I started jujitsu. Oh, yeah, because you're sweating. and Just so much sweat and, like, a lot of, like, rubbing and shit. Yeah, and you're, like, purging. Like, when you sweat, you're bringing out all the impurities of 
what's inside your body. It's coming out your skin. Mm. So you got to make sure you like the biggest thing is like people work out and it is a, such a cleansing thing to sweat. But if you don't clean that sweat off properly, you know, and mm. if, you, if you're just you, leaving it all, though. if you're hot and your pores are open and then you're rubbing a chemical cleanser into it, like that's not good also. Cause that's just going straight into your bloodstream. Mm. So did you get, did you get like, the theory behind this stuff, did it sort of start for you all the way back when you were helping with your friend and then you, like, is that kind of what's led into the skincare side of it as well? So, like, you yeah. just, because thinking of people that don't or, like, want to start a business or they've got, they're, like, feeling held mm. back because there's, like, a, a knowledge gap. Yeah. But it's, like, I knew nothing about audio shit before i mean i i'm lucky with the podcast sense that i had a good video background mm. but all these mics the way that they run into the computers yeah. like all of this stuff is stuff that i've had to learn like how to soundproof a room how to build this room i just studied and studied and studied yeah. and it was just youtube shit and like going on forums and Asking for help. Yeah, I just literally Google every single thing that I could. And then every time I Googled something, I'd learn a little bit more and then I'd Google it. And it's like you just get so specific to the point where you could probably be like, what a bit, What does this chemical do for your skin? But it's yeah. like once you f- – you're not going to ask that question on day one no. of your search. Like no. you've just got to build and build and build. Yeah. And I think it's cool like, man, for you guys to only have – really launched last September is just like it's actually yeah insane and I think what like one thing that I'm proud of without sounding like I'm like tooting my own horn is like we both are just fucking normal people like we don't have social media we don't have rich parents we probably put in like 20 grand to get it off the ground and minimal marketing budget because I was like fuck like let's spend money on making sure it's a good product Mm. and then the more people that try it they will tell other people and that will be our source of marketing for the beginning and now, like, yeah, we invest in influencers, but not com- nothing compared to what brands do. Like, mm. we don't spend huge amounts every week. I pick, like, one that I'm like, yeah, okay, she's eco-conscious or, like, they're definitely in line with who we are as a brand. And I think it's really important, like, when I try and pick an influencer, I think about, like, yeah, the reason why we started the brand. And, and it goes all the way back from, like, my childhood, like, growing up with an Italian family, like, you don't buy things from the shop. You source mm. it at home. You make it you yourself. You make your pasta. Yeah, you make like, your sausages. And that's all. I remember like when I started going out of school and I was like, oh, what's tomato sauce? Like I want to try that. And mum's like, why do you need that? And I was like, oh, everyone's got it. And she's like, exactly. Like you're just telling yourself that you need that, but you don't. And then I tried it. And I was like, that's shit compared to what you make. Mm. And then we've just always grown up knowing that like what's in the stuff that we put in our body. And I've just always had that conscious of like, well, what's actually in that if I'm going to put it on my skin or on my body? Like, I want to know what's in there because, mm. like, it's my body. You know what doesn't work, though, is bio-friendly deodorant. Oh, my God, no. That I, shit does not. Like, literally, that's it doesn't my, work. My thing at the moment, I've tried, like, five different natural deodorants. I'm it's like, not good. Pull your shit together. Like, how is someone missing the mark? chemicals because you need chemicals they're like if you're trying to make deodorant with no chemicals you are going to miss the mark i, I just feel like just it can't be done a new sample today to I try i just feel like it can't be done i, I just don't know. i don't know in my head i'm like i'm i'm across all of it mm. but no the deodorant thing it's it is hard be. i'm i'm still trying to figure that one out because yeah 
That's like one like aluminium straight into your lymph nodes. That's nose. bad. That's eh? bad. Like, it is. It is not good. But yeah. there. But it's just fucking weird. Like, why do we care what people smell? Like, oh my god. Like, why is it that big a deal? Back in the like, yeah, I'm not for. I wouldn't be stoked if you came and gave me a hug with mad bo. But like, that's our pheromones. Like, you get off on that. Like, that's why we're attracted to males and females, and not every single male. Like, mm. someone just smells a bit different, and like the chemistry in your body's like, oh, well, I'm attracted to you. Like, Man, I did not understand how deep that run. Yeah. I as Crazy. a guy, as a guy, really had no clue. Like honestly, until this year. Really? Yeah. I've just I mean, I technically knew it in terms of I understood that it was like science. Yep. But I've never been through an experience where somebody is like no, it's like really strong. Like that's a very, very, very crazy pull that you yeah. can have. Had no idea. Wow. Yeah, I fully learned that that was a real I thing. I have like maybe I'm just I am hypersensitive to smells like because that's growing up with mum like she never yeah. wore perfumes because it bad for your skin and gave her a headache. But I can like in a if I go to like the shops or like to a bar or something if I smell like it's the smell of not like the BO but like a perfume or something some just will just like whoa who's that grab, guy? Yeah, yeah, grab your attention. So is it just like the straight smell? Of the guy or is it in conjunction with like cologne or? I think it's like the conjunction of like, because if you were to wear a perfume and I was to wear the same one, it would smell differently because of our different chemicals. Mm. So I think it's the mix of like the chemical and the perfume on that person. Hmm. Or it could just be the pheromones and I'm just like, woo. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't, I didn't understand like how actually like a chick could literally make a decision to yeah. fuck a dude. Like solely, solely based on that, that it was like, because I feel like guys are just way more visual. Yeah. So I feel like, and yeah, I, I guess I never thought that, yeah, if guys are visual, then it's got to be a, another sense because Underneath sight that. is just a sense. So yeah. if girls aren't on the sight thing, like what one of the other five senses is the one that does the same yeah. thing for, yeah, you know, weird, eh? Smell. Yeah. I had no <laughs> idea. But yeah, you cannot do a good no i'm still trying to find one and like every time i get close i thought i was on and then it was winter and i was like oh you're not even sweaty at the moment (laughs) (laughs) you just smell like whatever the fuck it is you smell like coconut like that's and they're all coconut i'm like it's that's really not a smell that you want to let go warm Mm. yeah i know yeah we and then like i just picture it it's like slimy too. Like, yeah, you know, like your, your coconut oil, like that you yeah. put in cooking and stuff. I'm like, I see that under my armpit. I'll just be like, Yuck. bro, what the fuck are we doing yeah. here? Like, I don't know about this one. Nah, uh, that's the one thing. Like, and that I think f- for us, like people always on our Instagram, like, oh my God, like you must live such a wholesome, sustainable life. And like, you're this perfect vision of sustainability. I'm like, no, I'm a fucking normal person. And that's, our thing is making it accessible to normal mm. people. Like you can't strive for per- perfection. Like, and I can't, I can't unfortunately show up and be the perfect sustainable vegan business owner. Like I'm just a normal person, but I'm doing my part. Mm. And I think that's important. People get so like consumed with, oh, well, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it perfectly. I'm like, no, just do one thing, like change one thing every month. And then all of a sudden you'll be 12 months in and you would have changed 12 things. Mm. Well, that's it. Like, that's what's cool. So you did the math on how many uh, makeup wipes you've mm. stopped from entering the world. Oh yeah, as a as a business 
I think last month on our 11th, 11 month birthday, we've stopped over 7 million makeup wipes from going into landfill. And it's probably more than that because that's not considering like the things that we gift or like yeah. you know, giveaways and stuff. That's just sales. And yeah. that's not 7 million sales. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. fuck, we'd be out. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be here. You'd be like, what up, bro? I'm doing shit. Fucking podcast. Nah, I'd come here for you for sure. As if, bro. Yeah. You like everyone else. Nah, <laughs> can't travel anywhere. I know, eh? uh, but yeah. So that, but you guys have worked that backwards off, yeah, um, off sales. And how many per product do you guys can save? Kind of deal. Yeah. So one makeup wipe um, in a twelve month period will stop one thousand single use makeup wipes. So I've had one for like sixteen months. So that's longer than a year. And then for some girls, they will use four makeup wipes every day yeah so then that's obviously more that's been stopped by one pad that is reusable so yeah it's really hard to say like an exact figure but but that's our rough figure yeah Yeah. which is crazy in the space of a year and like that's seven tons of rubbish if they weigh a gram each which they kind of do that's like the size of an elephant that we stopped from going into landfill making the Mm. world heavier like when we get into that stuff that's when i like have those tear moments and i'm like fuck, I'm really making a difference. And that's the whole point of why we started it. It wasn't for like money. It was because I just wanted girls to feel good in their skin. And I wanted to stop seeing that kind of stuff on like remote beaches because I love traveling. And it's just the worst when you like see a beach and you're like, fuck, yep, that's on my list. I'm going to go there. I'm going to travel eight hours in a shitty tuk-tuk in 35 degrees with a bloody jumper on because I can't show my shoulders. And you get there and it's got rubbish on it. And you're like, that's shit. Like. Mm. Yeah, and it, it is so cool that the – and, again, I think, like, there's such a good lesson in it to mm. anybody that wants to start a business is, like, yeah. you, you have to do something that does give you that – It's got to be that passion. feeling, you know. Uh, I shouldn't say you have to because you could do other shit mm. and it'll work. But, I mean, if you really want to feel good about it and if – I suppose, too, that – I mean, some people just have, like, business ideas and yeah. then they can go, I'm just going to build this brand and then I'll sell it. It's like – all right, that's like a separate thing. That's yeah. not sort of what we're talking about. I think the the majority of people that want to start a business are people like yourself, people like myself, that we don't have any crazy business knowledge. We don't have any – we don't come from business families. Yeah. We don't come from money that like was started, you know, given to your business to start. And it's like if that's you, if you fit into that box, which is I feel like a lot of the people that yeah. are – wanting to be entrepreneurs, Start, yeah. then it's like that the most success or the highest success rate comes from the people like yourself where it's like, it's just a legitimate passion. And there's yeah. like a, because it's not easy every day. And it's like, you kind of always have that mission to, yeah. to like fall back on. It's like, well, if everything's going to shit, at least I'm fucking doing a good doing thing. something good. Yeah. And I think that's like I had a, that Skype meeting today and we were chatting about like she wanted startup help. And I was just like, fuck, I will be 110% honest with you. There is like at least a couple of meltdowns a week where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like a salary with holidays and fucking good pay every week that I just showed up and switched off every afternoon. That is good. Mm. But when I have those moments, I'm like, well, actually, no, I'm really making a difference. Like, and if someone doesn't show up and start, like if companies don't start showing up with sustainable options, we're not going to have a fucking world to show up in. Mm. Like, it's going to be disgusting. 
And like growing up in Port Douglas, like you're the same. Like you've seen how beautiful and untouched it is and seeing how much that's changed in the last 10 years. Mm. Heartbreaking. Yeah. And the, the thing is like, they're the, they're the spots. Like the, if you can't look after the pristine beach and the beautiful mm. backdrop of the mountains and if, if like if the beautiful spots are getting fucked up, then what's happened to the other stuff yeah. that no one really cares about? Cares like about. that's kind of the stuff that we're supposed to care about, yeah. right? Fully. Oh my god. I every time I've like dove the reef in the last couple of years, I've just come up and been like, What is it down there? Mm. Like, it's very it's different. So shit. It's so sad. Yeah. It's just like there's just a people problem though, like in terms of the amount of people. And just like the level of care, like you know if you dive the reef, like you don't stand on the coral, like mm. number one rule. Yeah, but fuck, people don't know. Like nah. man, especially like you will you know there. this for sure as well. Yeah. Like Chinese tourists that literally can't swim. Mm. Like have you ever been out on one of the boats, like the Green have Island boat or yeah, whatever, yeah. when they it's like a tourist boat. And they get in the water and they actually can't fucking swim. And it's not even like a, like, it. that's just that's, fact. Like, yeah. they actually start to snorkel and they think because they put flippers and they a snorkel on, they can swim and they can't swim. Like So trying uh, to educate people about ocean safety when they're trying to go into the ocean and they don't even know they can't swim. That's, the, that's what we're fucking dealing with here. When I did my, like, work experience on um, Quicksilver Dive, which is, like, the one that goes out to Low Isles, mm. And I was just like, what are you doing? Like people jumping on like, oh, I'm like chronic seasick person. I'm like, okay, well. You're I on a boat. On stay the sea. at the marina, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Is that, what was your first jobs up in Port? Like when did you move to Port Douglas? I grew up in Port Douglas and then my. So were you born there? In Mariba. Yeah, okay. Same thing. Um, yeah, I grew up in Port Douglas and I did work experience in grade 10. On Quicksilver Dive. Yeah. And then that's when I moved, like, did my last two years of school in Tenham Sands. Where's that? Oh, nowhere. <laughs> Sorry if anyone's from Tenham Sands. <laughs> Where is it, though? It's, like, near Gladstone, Rockhampton. Yeah, because that's what – I spoke to someone. I can't remember who it was. They're like, oh, yeah, I went to school with Katie in Gladstone. And I was like – I was pretty sure that Katie was born and raised in Port, Port Douglas. Douglas. And then she's like, no, I went to school. And I was like, oh, maybe they moved there when they were like young or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so dad dad had a job there and he made us move. Oh, this is a story. I like was like, no, I want to do my last two years of high school with the people I spent my whole life growing up with. And mum's like, all right, well, maybe like you could live with a friend. And I was like, okay, cool. And then um, snuck out to a party, came home in a cop car, like on con- unconscious. <laughs> And she's like, uh, next day I woke up and I was like laying on the floor on an air mattress and my girlfriends are in my bed. And I was like, what am I doing down here? And then I just had never had a hangover before, had this wave. And I was like, oh, something's not right. And they're like, yeah, we got to go. Good luck with your mum. And I was like, oh, shit. And then you ended up having to go to Gladstone. And then she's like, well, we can't trust you. So you're coming to Tenham Sands. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's gnarly. <laughs> so, what, so what were you doing out there? That was your first... So you did the work experience for the the dive stuff yeah. and then you had to go away there. But what what did you think you were going to do when you left school? I always wanted to be in architecture. Really? Yeah. Um, I did really well at graphics. Got a VHA 10 actually. 
which is like the highest you can get. Yeah, right. I was really good at art and graphics. And then, um, you know how like in year 12 you have to meet the guidance counsellor to say what you want to do in life? I can't remember. <laughs> well, that's what we had to do. And I was like, oh, I'd like to be an architecture. And he's like, all right, well, um, they kind of figure out the OP you're sitting on. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, I was sitting on a four and he was like, well, you can definitely get into architecture, but there's not much work in it and like fully turn me off. Isn't that weird? Why the fuck would someone oh, do that? And like still like love what I'm doing, yeah. but I have such a creative, like I love drawing. I love like that. And um, yeah, so I finished school and I was like, well, there's not much work in that and I'll just study business at uni then, like everyone else. That's so that's so gnarly. <laughs> How shit is it? Yeah, because I feel like being an architect is a pretty fucking great paying yeah. job. But he's like, there's no there's not much work in it, so don't um, you know, have a fallback plan. And then like it's pretty gnarly degree. Mm. And so I just did business instead and I was like, Oh well. Mm. When you were twenty doing the um, doing the Katie's Modern Skin Life stuff. deal. Um, <laughs> did you, like, what was your 20-year-old self walking like mm. walking around thinking that you needed to do something? Did you feel like you had to have something by a certain time and this and that? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, so, well, when I was in Tenham, I, like, had my first boyfriend and we moved to the, the Goldie together. And my mum had asked at, like, 21 and 23 – so I always wanted, like, my mom's beautiful and I just want to grow up and be her. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'd like to have kids, like, at that age. I guess that's normal. And then um, when I turned 18, like, my boyfriend at the time was a DJ at Elsewhere. So <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, legend. <laughs> so we would just go to Elsewhere Thursday to Sunday and I was like, oh. Then I got into that, like, whole vegan thing because I was, you know, learning so much about, like, what we're putting on our skin and then it made me think about what I'm putting in my body and then I decided to do my yoga teacher training and that whole thing is like pretty steered towards becoming a vegan. Um, really? Even in the yoga stuff? Yeah. Really? I feel like I fell into like a bit of a cult if I'm honest. All right, let's go into it. Dive in. <laughs> I would like to know. Fuck, I'm glad we didn't know each other then. Why is that? You would have just It been... was just, I think I look back at myself and I'm like, wow, weird. Um in the sense that you just went so deep into it, so like changed deep, everything. Like too much. Yeah. Like could have just kept it normal. But anyway. <laughs> could have kept I, it chill. I, I guess we like had a pretty big party life. Like we were going elsewhere all the time. Um, and then I, yeah, I just wanted to do like my yoga teacher training and then I started doing the veganism thing and I felt amazing. Like so I was like, oh, well, this feels good. I'll just keep keep doing mm. it um and then like would still go to elsewhere but i would drive and just party but not drink or do anything else and i felt epic and then yeah it just got to like a point where i felt i decided to leave my boyfriend because i was like oh well i'm you know having so different having a pivotal time in my life and i'm never going to tell you to stop djing doing what you want to do like we're too young to k- stop things for each other right now um and then when I became single, I guess I just didn't have anyone like close to me, monitor, not monitoring me, but you know what I mean? Like no one that could check in and be like, ah, uh, like Katie getting super skinny. Like I remember not seeing my parents for three months and I went home to Cairns and mum was like, holy shit, like 
Are you eating? Really? So you lost heaps of weight. So skinny. And like my skin was like green. Like, cause I wash, I'm olive. So I wash out green if I'm sick. And she was like, you're like fucking green and skinny. And I was like, that's not nice. Yeah. I'm vegan, mama. This yeah, is the best thing is, that you can do for I've your body. Got kale coming out my skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just like, and then the health issues started like after that, like for the six months I felt like super energetic. So for like the first six months. Yeah, yeah. I felt like really, really good. Um, and then I lost like, lost my period, which is like, sorry. Big deal for you. Yeah. Like. If that offends you, you stop listening right now. Yeah. Like we if you like can't listen anymore. to period check, we don't like grow you up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and then all these things started happening. Like all of a sudden I was like always really tired and I felt myself like, Sometimes like a coffee could make me like super anxious, like really anxious. And I was like, I'm not, I've never experienced anxiety. I was like, what is this feeling? Like, this isn't good. And then I finally like after mum was like, God, you look really skinny. I don't think that that's good for you. Mm. Like, So I went to, I just went to the naturopath and I was like, oh, I'm feeling like super run down and, and all this th- stuff. And I had like a huge iron deficiency, like really, really bad. And then went to like a conventional doctor, like a Western doctor and got blood tests. And they're like, yeah, you need to, you have an O blood type, which is like carnivore. Like you're meant to mm. eat meat like quite regularly. And I was like, oh, I don't really know about that. Like I, I still really like the ethics behind being a vegan. And they're like, okay, well you can have iron injections and all this other stuff. So I started like having iron fusions. Like mm. I can't remember how frequently, but I had to have them eight times and they put them into like your butt. And I had these huge bruises, like massive bruises. And then after the cycle of like doing that, I think it's like fortnightly. And then after like eight times I went and they're like, oh, your body, you're still flat. And I was like, what? Like, where's it going? And then it kind of like, that's what delved me into like this really conscious understanding of the body and how it actually works. So like you can't really absorb iron without vitamin C. Mm. So if you are iron deficient and you're like a vegan, for example, there's heaps of iron and spinach, but you need to have like a, an orange before you eat it so that you can actually absorb. absorb it. So then I started like getting into heaps of that stuff. And then I went traveling through Europe and I was like, well, I'm here and I want to eat some fucking cheese. And I just kind of forgot about it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, like still to this day, I'm like conscious. Like we don't eat red meat quite often, but I, I know in my body, like I'm really, mm. I feel like I've developed after like going hard out and ignoring what my body was saying now i'm like really like in tune i'm like oh actually i really need to have a red steak Mm. like and then i feel epic again yeah i think i've got a full disclosure on the vegan thing like my one of my best mates is just full vegan Mm. and he has been for seven years he i trained with him like so i've i really i know that it can be done yeah very well so it isn't uh, I'm not ignorant to the fact that you can be very oh. successfully vegan and like Jack Freestone is the same, yeah. like he's hardcore vegan, Alana is. So like I know people where it really, really does work. work. Yeah. But I think when what you were saying about like the cult type of thing, yeah. it just becomes and it sort of speaks to what you were saying is like you – well, first thing too, I think when people go vegan – a lot of people that initially go vegan feel really good. Yeah. In oh, my opinion. It's such a cleansing, like you, yeah. It's like the best high ever. 
Yeah, but I think that that's because a lot of people, to make such a drastic change to becoming vegan, you've probably had a shitty lifestyle mm. leading up to it. And if you were, like, partying and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I swear, five days a week and then you go vegan, voila. Yeah, fucking <laughs> bang. I feel good. It's got yeah. nothing to do with, so like, weird. yeah, bizarre that I feel amazing. <laughs> but I think that there is, like, this kind of honeymoon period and then yeah. there, there's a period of time where your body is able to – yeah. Kind of, it'd be adaptive, but then for that to become a new normal for some people, it's just not. I think like supplementation is really important. Um, you have to like understand what you actually need, and like I think that's I wasn't educated enough. Like I was O blood type, but I didn't know that, and I didn't know how much I should be supplementing. So I was just literally having smoothies and salads. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to run out and burn out and be skinny. I didn't understand like, oh, I should, I don't like beans and like that type of stuff. So that's like their main source of protein, but I didn't like that and it wouldn't like respond to my body well. So it didn't really work for me. And I think like now, like what do we have? Like steak maybe once every two months and fresh caught fish. Yeah. So that's pretty much much. like, and I'm dairy intolerant anyway. So I don't choose to have dairy. So we are pretty much plant-based but I just notice my body when I need it I need it and I'm okay like ethically to say well I'm going to go and find some really great sourced protein and I'm going to nourish my body because that's what I need yeah and yeah so you guys do you'll get like organic and yeah like where we can like you know we're not perfect so if we can find it we can find it and sometimes like when I go home to cans to make sausages like yeah that's a f- not a vegan event, and nah. that was very hard to rock up as a vegan. Like my yeah, what did you not think? Oh, it was like the worst. Um, <laughs> so her yeah. world ended like a part of her died when you said you're vegan. Honestly, so <laughs> every Christmas we have like a lasagna which has like meat and cheese, and our Christmas lunch is like yeah, lasagna, cold meats, and antipasto stuff. And the first time I went when I was not a vegan, my nono never spoke much. English anyway so he was like oh what are you not hungry and I was like oh no I'm not eating that and I made like this veggie lasagna which was fucking epic and he was like that's shit I'm not trying that and then the next year in like June July we have our sausage making thing and it was the first year that I didn't go in the shed like I just stayed inside the house and I felt like seeing your grandparents disappointed and like they're like there's nothing worse and that's that was a big thing for me too. I was like this is a cultural like thing. Like this is a part of my family. Yeah. That's been in our family forever and will continue to be in our family forever. Like sometimes I just have to swallow like that hard pill that feels uncomfortable and just show up. Like yeah. I don't have to eat it and I and still like I don't like pork sausages. Like <laughs> it's not my thing, but this year like I tied sausages for 4 hours. Like it's just to see your grandparents like stoked, that's all that matters. So yeah, it it would be cool to be so close to immigrant culture still. Yeah, like when we had zero imi- immigrant culture at all, and I feel like that's literally the definition of a bogan. Yeah, like you're a bogan if you just don't have any <laughs> connection to like yeah. a culture, you know. But I went to, I mean, yeah, fuck, like my mate, he's Irish, Andrew. I don't know if I don't think you've met him, but um. Yeah, he's really close to his uh, his culture. I mean, obviously, he was, like, born there and 
and live there, but we're yeah. only a couple of generations away from Scotland and England and we just yeah. have zero connection to any of that kind of culture. It still blows my mind when people come to meet my grandparents and they're like, I can't understand them. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like they're speaking English, but it's such a broken English. It's not English. Like, yeah. And even at our, like when Dave comes to Christmas and stuff, like the first time he met my whole, or saw my whole family together, he was like, Katie, I'm just going to go outside. Is everyone arguing? Yeah, but it's is, just is the it way awkward? that they're talking. And I'm like, oh, no, we're talking about what salad we're going to make. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's just yelling and Everyone's just and talking <laughs> over each other and like, oh, popcorn deal. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's cool, eh? Like to, and oh. that, that uh, the Mariba kind of, it's still. That's Little Italy. It is, eh? Like you go down the street of Mariba, there's not many like people who aren't Italian. Yeah. It's and I love it. Like it's as much as Mariba is like not my favorite place to go and visit. I just feel so at home. Mm. And like you walk down the street and like I look exactly like my mum. Like when she was my age, this is what she looked like. And I walk down the street and people will come up and hug me and they're like, "Oh, Silvana." And I'm like, "Well, no, she's aged." Like yeah, I, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm Katie. Like I'm her daughter." And she's, they're like, "Oh, oh my god." And it's just nice. It's like such a little. Everyone knows each other, and it's like yeah. a little family. You know, they all drop off, like, fruit and vegetables to each other and it's just, like, a community. Like, yeah. it's so nice. We don't live like that anymore. It nah. breaks my heart that I don't know our neighbours. Like, Yeah. It is weird. Like, everything that, in, if you look at just human history since mm. we invented farming, like, far, agriculture is what, like, invented individualism, yeah. essentially. Because there was, you get this farm... And you got this wife and this is your family. This is your crops. All of these crops is what you'll eat. It's money. It just created, essentially gave rise to possession yeah. in terms of like an economic way. So now all economies are going to be run based on the individual's possession and then how they trade that possession. It's just we did lose that real yeah. communal sense. But ever, ever since then, it's just this regression into more individualism and even yeah. now i even think about the individualism that exists in relationships like mm. to me now like um to have a person that's just like always there and in your personal space like we have such a weird idea around that whole yeah. even notion eh, of like <clears throat> personal space it's just we've just reduced down so deeply into just yeah. the, the person it is weird, isn't it? Because that's not how it was. Like even you go to your your um, grandparents' place, there's no such thing as personal space there yeah. really. But we've moved in that like a crazy direction. Yeah. It is weird, isn't it? But I never knew until I left Cairns that it was kind of unique and there was that sort of uh, – environment up there and yeah. like you know you drive through ingham's the same like basically just an italian town in the middle of nowhere there is hey like um so so when my grandparents came over on the boat um my nono it was like his decision and his brother decided to come and they where'd walked, they come from in italy uh it's a little town called providenci which is like 30 minutes from the swiss border yeah which like i kick myself he passed away but i kick myself that i don't I never learnt Italian well enough yeah. to have the conversation, but he didn't want to have it. Like, 
I've asked so many times, like, why did you decide to come to Australia? Like, uh, how was the journey? Like, they came over on a fucking boat with a suitcase and three girls that were under the age of, like, three. Oh, so your mum was born in Italy as well? No, she was born in Australia. Oh, okay, the other, um, the other ones were. Yeah, so I was just like, what? Like, that's a huge move. And they didn't even know when they got here what... They just get going, off the boat and just... Yeah, like, well, all right, well, good luck. And so Nono's brother stayed in... Uh, in Brisbane, and they went to Mariba, which is like such a. How would you? I wonder how they'd even know. Well, I think like a lot. So in Dumbula, which is like near Mariba, there's a lot of farming. Like there's a lot of tobacco farms and like buckwheat farms, and that little area is just like everything grows. Mm. So I think Nono always had the idea of like he wanted to have a farm, and it would just be good there. Mm. I wonder what how Australia. Like, how do you find out about Australia in that little Back village like, in Italy? Yeah, that's what blows my mind. And I, like, I asked Nonna and she just doesn't – they're not storytellers. Yeah. Like, and that breaks my heart because that's, like, It'd be such what a do cool I tell story. my children? Yeah. Like, Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is, like, that's where we're at. Like, yeah. we don't – we've got – We've got nothing. nothing. Oh, I was, I was yeah. born in Port Douglas, moved to the Gold Coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went to elsewhere for my fucking 20s. <laughs> Where did you live for your 20s? Elsewhere? What do you mean elsewhere? Fuck, what a time. Have you ever been there? I don't know. Maybe. Is it, is it in the valley? No, elsewhere's in like... Uh, oh, then I haven't. <laughs> it's it's in Kavalev, in Surfers. Oh, right. Yeah, maybe I have. It used to be fucking epic. What year was this we talking? Um, Six years ago. What's that? 14. Yeah. I was in America. Oh, well. Yeah. So, uh, is it still there? Yes, but very different. Yeah, okay. Back then, it was like, it's always been like, are you cool enough to come? There's always been that vibe, and I've always been like, this is a bit wanky. Yeah. But the music was fucking sick. What kind of music did they play? Just loose. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could be there sober, but you felt like you've had a few caps and just having the best time <laughs> ever. And you're like, what is he doing up there? And the dance floor is like, Light up squares. Really? It's, fun. it's like retro. Yeah, right. Um, But after that time, like I've been back a bit, but. That was the heyday. It's not like that anymore. And it's really like the hip. You know how like hipster crowd is like a fucking thing now? Mm. That's like overrun with that. Like, oh, do you, who do you know here? I'm like, oh, no one. I'm just here for fucking light up squares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for light up squares and music. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's like that different. with. I'm like that with Gilligan's. Like, but oh, how good is Gilligan's? Oh, yeah, that place. But I don't. I think it's just the time that we got it. Yeah, you know, like it, it was just so to to us. Like that's where we first went out. It's where so much what shit is that place. Like, how do they get away with that? It's, it is so loose. Everyone's got a sick Gilligan story <laughs> too. Eh? I took Dave for the first time, and it was like a Sunday, very low key. Like we were with Michael, and we we're having a party. And we went there and they were like, it was not very busy. It was raining. And the guy gets on the speaker and he's like, oh, jelly wrestling's about to start. And Dave's like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> no one's got shoes on. Like everyone's just going for it. There's no rules. And he was like, what is this place, Katie? I was like, this is the place. This is the spot. <laughs> this like, is it. This is, oh, man. <laughs> everyone has a story about Gilligan's. Oh. Like they, they just roll in and out of town. Like I've jumped from the roof of... Or like the veranda of the attic 
into the fig, that huge giant yeah. fucking fig tree or whatever that thing is in the beer garden. How weird was the addict? Yeah, that was a weird. Did that join to another club behind a back door? Or did I just have a big nah, No, 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 no. It goes into Gilligan's. Does it? Yeah, yeah. So you, you used to be able to go from the stair. You know where like the main bar is inside at Gilligan's? The staircase? Yeah. It goes to the attic. There you go. Yeah. So like one night we couldn't, they, were, they had like a crusty demons after party <laughs> and uh, and they wouldn't let us back in. So me and a couple of the dudes who were in the fucking crusty demons, like they were in the show. I was just like, let's just jump from the, the veranda to the um to the tree to and, the then, and then down and then I went last fucking no wonder I got pinched <laughs> so like by the time I was just there there was like a security guard so I was like all right fuck I might as well make Bye. make a bit of a scene so yeah made a little scene and got thrown out but, but that joint is fucking That's loose fun. but I don't know like I feel like yeah I don't even know if that place could change eh yeah it's just like that's my favorite thing about going home is like it's it's not like Bali, but it kind of is. Like, there's not yeah. many rules. Every, no one gives a shit what you look like. That's my favorite thing. Is like you can rock up looking like a shit, yeah. and everyone's like, you don't have to wear shoes at a club. No one looks at you for like your physical appearance. They're like, oh, cool. What do you do with yourself? Like, and it's not even what do you do with yourself. It's just like, are you a legend? Or what not? are you doing here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like everyone just shows up on like such a different level. Like, it's I struggle when I move to the coast. Yeah. And I still do. Like, sometimes we go to parties and I'm like, like, what is this? Yeah. Like, it's just like becomes a bit of a scene. It's just everything's a scene. And it's like, oh, like, you know, I'm confident to go to jail with no makeup on, but people look at you weird. Yeah. And it's like, well, why do I get looked at weird? Because I'm just fucking showing up. Yeah. Like, have you, what have you thought about this whole COVID thing and staying inside, like staying fairly well put? And then to now be able to go out. Um, I loved it. Hey, like we had our little crew and we were just doing board games and like yeah. drinking heaps of wine. Like it was so much fun. And I thought like there's some people in our friendship group that like you don't you don't spend quality time with because you see them out mm. and it's like loud music and you're like, yeah, cool. Hey, like rah, rah, bye. Very surface level. Yeah. And then I got to know like some people. I'm like, fuck, you're epic. Like this is so nice. And then going back out, like, we've just been, like, it's not that fun. No, I went, I don't want to say it's not that fun because I don't want to offend company that you're with because it is. Yeah, like, I know what you're saying. I'm just, for my, I'm prefacing my (laughs) statement. But I went out to, uh, like, a work party the other night and, like, I actually wonder if I've gotten a little bit too introverted. If 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 I'm enjoying the solo time. A little bit too much because yeah. I was just like, man, I just kind of want to go home and just chill. and just like do my thing. And I just, I mean, I feel like I've always just got shit to do. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And we are, like, I think a lot of people aren't comfortable being alone. People mm. feel lonely, but we're definitely people who like we value our own time. Mm. Like, and we're quite comfortable to read a book and do this and do that and be alone with our thoughts. Like. We don't get caught up in like, oh fuck, what's going on inside my head? Like I need to, yeah, get, I need to uh, get, escape it. I need to do something else so I'm not alone with my thoughts. We're like pretty comfortable people, but I think for those people who aren't like that, it mm. would have been a really hard time. Not like you're very isolated, and I think a lot of people had to figure out some shit, like a lot of breakups, a lot of meltdowns. Like 
There was a fucking lot of breakups. So many breakups. Like, like even on my friendship group, I'm just like, fuck. Like, I feel like me and Dave have gotten, like, closer. Well, that's weird. Good. Like, Well, you'd kind of hope so, like, if you could spend oh, well, more time. We, otherwise, we'd be broken up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other, really. But, um, yeah, I just feel like it made you fully zone in on, like, you. you. Yeah. And if you're not happy, I think it's a good thing, like, if you were happy with yourself, it made you really be like, fuck, like, I felt good about myself. I'm like, wow, like, I, you know, I can be alone with my thoughts and I did a lot of work on myself because I had the time, finally. Yeah. But then for the people who struggled, I think it's important that they had that struggle and now they can kind of yeah. evolve and figure out, like, okay, well, I'm actually not okay on my own. Like, maybe I'll work through some shit and show up as a better person on the other side. Yeah. I think... um, I think what we're seeing now too, I think initially the first sort of, I guess the first three months of the whole deal, I think that's what the real issue was is that people were like kind of, it was weird to be with themselves. And I, so my personal struggle with it, I don't know that like I obviously had my relationship break apart before that. So when I, literally the whole COVID thing and like everything sort of shutting down coincided with me living by myself yeah. for the first time as an adult completely. And so I went through that and I don't know whether, I don't know if I can attribute COVID to it because I probably would have went through the same shit, Yeah, but I feel like maybe COVID stopped me feeling that void with other things, yeah. which was good. Like I, there was, you know, no girls or anything like that. So I was just very, alone which was which was good but i think now like i've noticed man especially like the last few weeks that i feel like it's starting to get into the territory where it's like it sort of affected people's lives in a more literal sense in terms of like businesses are struggling and so i think there's like now almost this second wave where i think people are just generally like struggling now it's like i think people have gone through they're okay with themselves they've had that time and everyone got through that for the most part yeah but now i think that the reality is setting in that economically some things are going to be harder yeah yeah i mean fuck it's it's such a even like the the people who have lost their jobs like that's that's not a struggle like no one even if you're in a good headspace like we that's a shit feeling yeah And, and you can't help but like forward think like well I've lost a piece of my identity like your job's not doesn't identify who you are but that's what you show up to do nine to five five days a week like how you're going to fill that time and like you know it's I haven't experienced being on like job seeker or keep whatever it is like I haven't experienced that feeling but I could imagine it would feel a bit debilitating like yeah and what do you fill your time with like there's only so many books you can read and if you are okay with yourself, that's great. But yeah, yeah like what do you actually do? Because mm. you're not open to – like you can't go on a trip, you can't do this, you can't do that. You're just sitting in a stagnant place. Like mm. it doesn't matter how okay you are like within yourself, that's going to feel shit. Yeah, and I think then it just becomes on the person to do something. like Yeah. Because, I mean, if I – it's hard to say, like, if I was in, in you know, mm. in that position. But I mean, my thoughts. If you said to me, "Hey, you've got to go. Like, you're gonna lose your job, but you got this X amount of dollars," and it's like, I would just feel like maybe at the end of this, something 
good could come out of it in terms of maybe there's a new opportunity that was mm. better than the one before. Like you kind of, you just don't know. Could be better, could be worse. Probably not that much point putting stock into something that is so questionable. Yeah. But in the immediate sense of like, if I just stopped, let go of everything in the moment right now with the, you know, job keeper and with the food that I've got, am I okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about this moment? And that's like, just kind of take a more of like a moment to moment approach. And then just, you know, man, some people like to just get time to do something. If like, let's say you're on, you know, you're on JobKeeper or whatever. Let's mm. let's just say you're one of like the fortunate people yeah. that gets JobKeeper, winds up making more money. Oh my God, that's our neighbours at the moment. I'm like, there's definitely, what? yeah, there's people out there that are got JobKeeper making more money and don't have to go to work. And yeah. it's like, so in that, so let's just say we're talking about that person. It's like, man, you could do anything, like anything yeah. within that little lifestyle. You could learn another language. There's so many things that, you know, you sort of can do. And I just feel like in those situations, you've got to steer towards that. But like, I just feel so bad for like, I got friends that are just losing like millions on job and it's just like, fuck man. Like what do you, it's just so hard to even offer support, support to that. Yeah. Can't bring that money back. And you know, like one of my mates, he's like the fuck you, you, You'd know who I was talking about, but yeah. just biggest fucking lord ever, and he's just getting absolutely raped business wise. And it's like the poor bastard has spent fifteen years building something fucking incredible, yeah, like just life changing, better than he could have ever thought, <clears throat> and just through no like, there's no contingencies that you can put in place. Mm. There's no like, there is nothing that he could have done better or differently or you know what I mean it's just like that was the game that was being played that's the nature of the industry that they're in and then this happens and it's it just it can fuck 15 years of work so it's just like I don't know it's just it's been a gnarly deal to like watch people go through that stuff but it's like I just what do you what do you do like you you just can only just keep going and keep going and keep going the hum not not that it's humbling, but when those people aren't in it alone, mm. like there's so many other people. Like there's people that are yeah earning more than they have, and they're not doing anything. And there's heaps of people in that boat that are like, "Fuck yeah, this is sick." Mm. And then there's like the people whose livelihood, like your mate, like there's a bunch of people in that category. There's a bunch of people in e-commerce stores that are seeing like yeah blow ups because everyone's on their phone and spending those people who are earning more money than before are spending money. But then like, yeah, there's so many people. I think the, like the comforting thing, I guess, is that like not everyone is alone. Like other people, you might not be able to converse with that person. You might not know who they are, Mm. but like we are all in it together as a whole world. Like we're all, the whole world is going through this Mm. and fuck, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope that like we can, pull out some magical spoons but yeah it's going to be a weird weird bit of time yeah yeah it's not it's definitely not going to go away quickly but like i think one thing so with my mate you can still like i look at him and he's still a fucking good dad yeah and he's a great friend to us like our group yeah he's constantly still like there for people and it's just like 
you know, let's say your hands are tied in your business and you can't make any headway in that particular avenue of your life. But, you know, the fact that he's still impacting his kids in a positive way, yeah. still impacting his friends in a in a positive way. I mean, I, I feel like maybe that's just the point. And it's like I maybe I can't say to him anything that's going to be like, this help. can help yeah. you. Like this is not a, a solution-based thing. But I can say, like, you still help me. Like, I can't help yeah. you, but fuck, you're still helping me. So thanks. And I think you know? people like that, that that show up in a shit time like that, mm. that's just a reflection of who they are. Mm. And I think, like, the, we were talking about it before, like, the universe always has a plan for you. And maybe that guy's plan is, like, when you are when your hands are tied with the success that you have, you're still going to learn to show up as a good person. Mm. And I think that's pretty beautiful. Like, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and everyone – and I think that is, like – that maybe that's like the goal through all this. Like maybe yeah. that's the that's just the one thing is like you know what, fucking everything's kind of going to shit. But the one thing you can still do is like be a good person for for people and yeah. like show up for your friends and for your family. And it's like there still is. It's like that might be the most noble purpose, and it's like to you know obviously the business side of things. And but I mean it's not just that too. Like with that it comes fucking job cuts and you got to sack people and it's like it's just yeah. such a gnarly like and it's like thick it's like a thick problem oh, there's so yeah. many layers there's so to, many layers yeah but yeah i think you're right like if you just kind of i do feel like person. um when when it all started to like get a bit gnarly i feel like the level of compassion mm. as a nation lifted Mm. And I feel like that's what we needed. Like a lot more people are checking in. Like, how are you actually? Like, mm. how are you dealing with this? Like, I think we've just gotten so used to like just showing up and being like, yeah, my life's sick. My, I do this. I yeah. do this. Like everything's epic. And no one shows like the true thing. Like mm. no one actually shows up and says, well, I'm actually having a really shit week. And I'm not I'm not saying it because I need something from you. I just want to get it out of my head. Mm. Like I just want to be honest and say like this is not not easy. Like I think that has changed heaps. Like and it's nice to see because I think we have become accustomed to showing feelings as a weakness. Mm. I've definitely got better at or maybe I haven't got better. I've definitely noticed that when somebody and this might be just like a male thing in general mm. But someone comes to me with that, like, I've had a real rough... And I'm I'm just instantly trying to be the solutions dude. Yeah. When it's probably not wanted anyway. Nah. And then my fucking probably Asperger's side of my brain's <laughs> like, well, then what's the point of talking about it? Yeah, you know? yeah. But there, there definitely is a point to... And it's a point that I didn't really realise I was missing yeah. until this whole situation where, yeah, sometimes people do just need like that outlet and there's really doesn't matter if there's a solution or a, yeah. you know yeah didn't really know that before yeah and i like i have learned heaps in this time like especially with heaps of my friends like some of my friends are like in service industry like hairdressers and stuff like that like that was very rough times like not not knowing if you're about to be open or not and that's your only source of income 
And I can't show up and be like, okay, well, how can I help? How can I problem solve? Because it's not up to me. Mm. But like being able to show up and be like, okay, well, like let's not stress about it. Let's just take this time to like figure some shit out about yourself. And I'll be there to support you through that. Like do some self-learning and some self-development instead of thinking about the business for now. Because it's not like I think everyone has an ego like, oh, my business is going to shit because of COVID. Well, everyone else is in the same boat. Mm. And it's not about you. Like, how about you learn your inner voice and how to say, like, oh, it's not a problem for me or about me. Like, figure it's out how It's just a problem. Yeah, like, just acknowledge it and be like, okay, well, we're on the same boat. Like, let's just take this time to just figure some shit out. Mm. When you started the, the yoga thing, mm. so how was that that way of thinking? Like, when you do your yoga teaching, like, instructor course, like, how is that shit sort of set up? Is that built into it as well and then you got the veganism thing because that's like pretty interesting to hear you say because i personally love doing yoga but i'm yeah. not into the the, y- the yoga side of i yeah. don't even know what it's essentially about because it's almost like a religion yeah it's in a, in a sense it's like a form of buddhism for sure that's oh, like, yoga is like so, a form of so buddhism. yoga like came it was like a form of like a buddhism extension i guess yeah and like yoga was intentionally created as a meditation yeah but a lot of people struggled to sit and be with them with themselves so then they decided to create the asana which is the actual movement to fatigue the body and the mind so then you could sit and not have so much shit going on so like that's people look at yoga and think it's like a workout but the the asana is to kind of tie you so you can sit and the shavasana at the end is like the when you're meditation. a bit tired and you're like, okay, well, now I can finally sit and I'm a bit relaxed and now I can observe my breathing and my thoughts and, like, ah. those types of things. So, yeah, the asana was to, like, kind of say to the monkey mind, like, we'll keep you entertained for a bit yeah, and then at the end you'll be tired and we can do the real stuff. Yeah, right. But, yeah, I like, I don't know because my parents aren't – they're not, like, re- religious or anything and I've just always had this huge pull, like – huge empath I feel like I've always known what's about to happen like I've definitely always been bit yeah I don't know what it is but a bit different you feel like spiritual in a way like you feel like there's I know energy yeah I feel like yeah I definitely know things or and I'm very good with like my yeah intentions and like when things arrive I'm like okay well that's not going to honor me or it is. And I know pretty quickly. And then when I started, I guess that's why I was like really interested in yoga. Like I did it just as I just went with a friend once and I was like, fuck, this is for me. Like, I love it. I'm Mm. so in. And like, that's my personality. I'm like in or I'm out. Yeah. And I got into it. And the more I learned, like I started having these conversations with my dad, which is weird because mum and I are like best friends and dad and I are very similar so we butt heads a little bit. Same as me and dad. And so I remember just having this conversation with him and I was like, oh, this is like what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And like we just had this huge like bro down and he was like, yeah, that's that's me. Like that's yeah. – and I was like, whoa, I didn't know you were spiritual. And now like he messaged me the other day. He's like, it's a full moon. Like I'm going to do this and I'm going to wash my crystals and this and that and like – I don't think my brother would know he does that. Really? And I don't think anyone would know that my dad does that because he's... Just keeps it to himself. He's such a rough NFQ bloke. Yeah, yeah. But he's so like, 
he has some shit going through him, like some energy. And every time I talk to him, I'm like, oh, my God, like I get it from you. Yeah. And then the whole yoga thing was just like a way for me to kind of understand things. Yeah. I feel like that's what that little chapter was. It was like I have all this stuff and I know these feelings, but I'm not sure where they're coming from, not sure what to do with them. Definitely went like a bit too gnarly into it, the whole yoga thing. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's too much. Yeah. Like I put my full body in, I like dove in deep and then I was like, okay, well, I just want my toes in for the rest of my life. And so what was too much about it though? Um, Like so when you get pretty deep into yoga, like there's a lot of different practices that you can do and like some some would be beneficial to people and some might not be. Um, But like there's an affirmation practice and that's like where you're kind of affirming what you'd like from the universe or like it's a form of manifesting but it's a bit different because I'm very into manifesting. Like it's not something I do daily but once a month I'll look at the vision board for like my life, my business and I, it's just a way of like saying, okay, well, that's what I'm working towards. So when a shit day comes I know, oh, well, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. So it's like just a way of affirming what you want in the future but I guess in the community that I was in, it was a bit too much and it was like people would just sit for hours and be like, I want to have a house on fucking Burley Hill and yeah. $40 million in the bank but wouldn't do anything. Yeah. And that was a bit that for me I was like, well, this doesn't make sense and I don't believe in it. And then when I started to like learn from that and then read a heap of books and different things and I was like, okay, well, I'll adapt that from that moment that I learned and then I'll adapt this and this and I've just done my own thing with it Yeah, because I was like you can't like yeah you can't just sit and do nothing I mean maybe for some people it works but my brain would just be like bored yeah. well there it's been <clears throat> it's interesting like because I've been getting way more into that stuff and even the like you said your dad doesn't talk about it yeah and it's like that's probably a sign it's coming from a good place yeah because even you know, even with me, like with Jackson, like my housemate, he'll be talking and I'll be like, well, I feel like I've have those feelings and this is how for the last year I've dealt with those feelings. Yeah. But you you never really want to be like super pushy and because it sort of goes literally against like what you're actually sort of trying to, to do. do yeah. And I've brought it up a few times on the podcast and – I just, I'm like, oh, it sort of sucks because anything that I feel like I'm giving out, I'm like, this isn't, I don't want this to feel like this is for me and to make me feel good. And there's like, I would like to be as removed as possible, but I would really like for people to feel the same benefits or even just to like have those experiences. So it kind of, it's a bit of a weird one yeah. to like, because if you are genuine about that sort of stuff, it's, you just kind of keep it. To yourself you know yeah like you don't need to i think that's the point like if you're yeah. if you're authentically into it it's not to show off to people and that that was the one community i guess maybe i was in maybe not all yoga yeah are like that but the community i was kind of in it's not like a cult that sounds really culty community yeah yeah but like the group of people i met through it i was like oh well, the guy that all 47 <laughs> of us girls walked around naked oh following my god him. have you watched like that that oh fuck i can't remember what it's called isn't the dude that runs bikram yoga like that a guy. fucking kook yeah so yeah there's, and then okay. i've only just like roughly heard but so that's maybe because i am like i'm 
yeah, I feel like I know when shit's about to get a bit off or when things are good or bad. And I guess I met this group of people. Oh, we've had some conversations. Yeah. But yeah, okay, I see what, yeah, I remember some shit you've said. And then I just, I get this feeling in my gut and I'm like, this isn't authentic and I don't want to be here. Mm. So I just leave. And I fully smoked bombed. I was like a teacher. Really? At, at the place. And I was like. How long were you doing it all for? Uh, Maybe like two years. Really? So you just got full. Well, like I, I did my yoga teacher training, which was like three months. And then I'd ca- pick up classes here and there for like for the umbrella company, I guess you want to call it. Um, And then like the more things that you do and like. Then I fell into a like a, an actual job for a huge company, but they have the same belief system. Mm. And I was like, this is all a big fucking cult to make money. Like, yeah. you don't care about the people that work for you. And I just was like tapped out, went to Europe. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Bye. But yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing is that, so like we talked about Eckhart. Oh, that's just, yeah. I was going to tell you. So, so the whole. Oh, yeah, tell me. So I've never, here, yeah, you want some more? Yes, of course. <laughs> I'll go to my. I'll be very loose for my osteo appointment. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it is too. You'll get a good adjustment. Probably should be done more. Um, why not? Eh? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, oh, it's rude not to. Mm. That's yeah. my biggest pet hate: people who cheers and don't make eye contact and drink straight away. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been pulled up on it a few times. My Irish mate. No, no, no. Oh, my Irish mate. Like, I just like it's shit, you know. But then you just sort of you just fall into habits, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, so the whole Eckhart. I've never read any of his books. Yeah. So this is a like full disclaimer. Like I'm not talking about this dude like trying to peddle his shit. Like you've actually read his books, and yeah. I have. But anyway, so I was listening. I was uh, listening to because Russell Brand is actually. Where full. did he come from? Don't you reckon? Like, isn't it funny? He was like full comedian. Now he's like spiritual goddess. Well, he was like a full sex addict. Yeah. Have and you, a like, drug addict. Like heroin addict, <laughs> sex addict. Like he was the fucking addict of all addicts. Yeah. And like hot as fuck, a movie star. And just had like, I feel like a guy like him, you get everything. Yeah. You get all of life. You're a fucking white man that is good looking. You're a movie star. You get in a fuck whoever you want. Yeah. I bet he smelt good. Yeah. Like oh, chicks are smelling him fucking I feel for like real. I can smell him when I hear him talk. I can smell him from here. <laughs> <laughs> but so like you're that dude. And then you've got the addiction thing. And I'm pretty sure he was like single mom kind of. So he's had like. Yeah, he had some shit. Yeah, he was a bit of a like a love addict. Which, like, I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, an interesting thing yeah. to kind of, I guess, like, a perspective on shit. But, um, but yeah, so he, he just literally, if you want to talk in spiritual sort of meditation terms, it's like he went to the full extent of the ego. Yeah. Like, the ego doesn't get any deeper than that. Than that. And so, like, one of the things that I've been in, like, sort of doing some reading and shit is that, I would, I think the ego in the traditional sense of the word, and this is probably, this is like, all this shit is just like a year's worth of fucking thinking essentially. Yeah. But it's like, I got to this point, especially with doing the podcast where I was like, this feels fucking weird to want to say you're a humble person and to feel good about like having a level of humility. And I was like, but I, do a podcast and I post on social media about myself and I put myself in all these videos. Every time I put my voice in the podcast, it goes against that. 
line of thinking. So it honestly was like a real fucking point of like yeah. contention for my mind. And I just couldn't, I couldn't really wrap my head around it. And to where I was like, no matter what I do, it still feels like ego. Yeah. And I would just, it, it always, like I've just started reading book after book anywhere I could read anything about the ego Mm. and I honestly don't think I come across like an egotistical person so it's like a very deep study into you know I I wouldn't say it's a huge problem but it's something that I just always it was in my head I was like but if you keep reducing it back everything is ego I was like everything I do everything I say everything it comes from the ego but I couldn't understand it but to only have that word for it Ego is such like a negative word. Yeah. And then I just, I was like, man, everything's ego. So how could it all be negative if it's all ego? And then that is what led me into um, some of the, the like Sam Harris's book. And I wanted to read that book, Waking Up. I should give you that one actually yeah. because we've talked about it, but I only just got like the book form of it. Oh, okay, cool. But I started reading that one because I was like, I don't want any woo-woo shit. Yeah. Give me none of it. Just give me, like, the brain and the logic. Like, who has logically thought about this problem the best? Give me that. So then that led me to the Waking Up book. He's a neuroscientist. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I got a fucking neuroscientist telling me about the mind and, and the ego. And so this dude, so that Sam Harris, he's the one that, uses that uh the app that i use yeah and so every day i listen to his shit and it's just concepts it's con yeah. asking you to like look at i think you've sent me some of that stuff on youtube hey? yeah it's really really yeah. good and uh oh no that's alan watts the shit i've sent you uh-huh. but this guy i'll send you some stuff from him but anyway basically like what it sort of like reduced down to is that like the ego is the thing that is out there to get more of what you want and less of what you don't want. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing that keeps like the vehicle of you striving for more and looking out for problems. Yeah. But then it's like, I think that you have them both at the same time. Like they kind of run in conjunction. Yeah. So if you say that you're like, you can't want less of something and more of something else, like it has to, it sort of balances out. So it's sort of all one in the same. Yeah. So I think a guy like you go back to Russell Brand, it's like he had everything of what he wanted, but the if you when you've got more of what you want, you've actually got more than to lose. Yeah. So then you've got more things that you want to have less of, essentially. So yeah. the more you get, the more you need to kind of keep yeah. and control. And then there's more stuff to be taken from you. Yeah. So when your ego is getting attacked from all sides and then anyway so you can go like crazy so fucking deep. Yeah. crazy deep into it probably won't if people want to get interested in it. like yeah it's cool like i've had a lot of people dm me over the last couple of podcasts where it's come up um yeah. but anyway so this eckhart tolly dude always known about his books yeah known the whole oprah thing literally everybody that you talk to when it's about any of this like spiritual shit or self-development it's like Go read I got totally power of now. And I was, I was like, mm, I'll just read the other shit. Yeah. Like if that's what everyone's reading, I kind of had that attitude towards it. So then anyway, watching something from Russell Brand the other night, then he has on Eckhart Tolle. 
And then I'm putting it, I'm, I'm like editing in the background. Yeah. And then, because he's always been a fascinating dude to me because like the way that he talks and it's just a, he, you can tell there's something different going yeah. on with him, you know. And uh, and then I was like, man, I want to, oh, so then it's like 10 minutes in and then he just says like, well, when I had my awakening <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean you had your awakening? What the, what do you mean? And so, because uh, before that, he's like, oh, I don't meditate. So this is Eckhart Tolle, who's like one of the most famous spiritual yeah. teachers of modern times saying that he doesn't meditate. And then you've got basically every other spiritual teacher saying that you, Sitting need, for four that you need to meditate. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, his life, he explained, um, I watched a, a, like I sort of looked, I was like, I wonder, I wonder if he's spoken about like what happened to him. Mm. So he's 29 years old, super intelligent guy studying uh, at university. And he basically just goes down like, he, he's like, I was depressed, yeah. like to this like self-hatred. He was an ugly guy. Like he says, he's like, I was ugly. I was, he had just all these negative things about himself. And he's like, I hate myself. And he just lived in this depression. And he was, he basically thought I'll be dead by 30. Like I've, there's, yeah. I won't be able to Come endure out. the suffering. And that's what he just, he's like every day was just suffering. Just this pure hatred of himself and then he said that he woke up one night he lived by some like train tracks and blah 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 and uh he woke up the train woke him up and then he just i don't know have you ever had where you just go in this mental loop where like you say the same thing like over and over and over and anyway he wakes up and he's just saying i hate myself i hate myself and he just couldn't stop couldn't stop and he just said it turned into like this anxiety attack it turned into like just this he's literally thought he was going to die that's how bad this kind of attack was and he now calls that kind of shit mind attacks yeah but um but anyway then he just said basically everything stopped he just had like this click and then everything stopped all the noises stopped everything stopped and then he's like he's like who am i if i hate myself yeah He's like, who, how could I be the person that I hate? Who is the one that is doing the hating? Yeah. If this person is the one that is the object of my hate. And he just said he had like this full detachment. Yeah. Like he realized that that he had like that, uh, like an awakening that he just wholeheartedly realized there is no self. Yeah. The self that he hated was not real. Just thoughts that you can Just put thoughts. together. Yeah. And isn't, I think that's like, the, I think the thing with me with the whole yoga scene was like, they tell you not to, to let go of the ego, to do all these things. And I was like, well, like it just nothing, it just felt too much of like, be nothing. Mm. I'm like, well, I'm not nothing. Like, mm. but it's, it's how you visualize, you know, you're not just a, a physical body, you're a spirit, you're a, so much more than that. But if you like constantly focus, I think people forget that when you go to meditate, you don't go to sit in silence. You're just meant to like focus on something. Yeah. Like people get so concerned like, oh, I can't not think of anything. Yeah. Think about like your thoughts on a conveyor belt and just let them go observe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a time of observing instead of analyzing. And the more you can like get into that, that's like a lot healthier. 
Yeah, well, that's what we were sort of saying before with your friend. Uh, you were saying she yeah. struggles with like her self worth, feeling, and it, it's more and like the way that I think about that problem now. Like if if I'm presented with that problem based on everything that I've been sort of thinking about and doing, mm-hmm. is that like what is worthy like who are you not worthy for like who is this self like where did this self yeah come from that you're not worthy and it's like you are i was thought about it the other day when someone's like the good advice is like just be yourself man but it's like just be yeah literally be it's gonna happen whether you're there or not and and i was sort of saying to someone last night that um because i feel like it's that attitude is like, let me do shit. It's like, let me get up and go to the gym early. It's let me deal with, especially like this injury was a good test. Like I haven't been really negative. I was negative for like 20 minutes before I got an MRI to see if I had anything pushing on my spinal cord. Yeah. That was negative. I was in like a bit of a fucking fucked up place. Yeah. But I had all the doctors were saying, basically like there's something's pushing on your spinal cord that's why your legs won't work yeah so but that's it everything else from that it's just been fine like i feel like i've really been able to just detach from that and it's just like just be and there's so many things that i've implemented in my life like cooking for one and yeah you know there's feel the space yeah but i'm just not getting in the way of that it feels like all that whatever you want to happen or whatever's kind of good or the direction that you can see yourself going in a positive way. If you don't get in the way of that happening, it'll probably happen. Yeah. Like let's say you want to get up and go for a surf in the morning, but it's cold and it's whatever. It's only those things because you think that it is. So like if you get up in the morning, if you set it, like you said about intentions, if someone like your mate says to you, Hey man, I'll see you at 5.30 at the car park for a surf. And you say yes. If you just get up and, go. and don't think about it and you're alar- you set your alarm, you just let all the things happen that would actually let that event unfold, it probably will happen. And it'll be a good time. A hundred percent. I had like, that's one thing. Like, I don't think I have many fears and I never have had fears. But a couple of years, oh, two years ago, um, not a great surfer, but a confident surfer. And I like was doing that daily with my girlfriends at the front, small water, like didn't matter. Went out one time at Corumban and this like rogue set came through and I literally got held under and dragged for, I don't know how long. It was probably a month. <laughs> it felt like fucking 10 months. <laughs> but I don't know how long. Felt it felt like a European holiday. <laughs> I don't know how long it was for, but. That was like my first encounter of like, I could probably die and I actually have a fear now. Mm. And it's the most debilitating feeling. Like I I popped up and like more sets were coming. So I'm kind of like having a bit of an anxiety attack, not breathing properly, but then seeing more waves and being like, fuck, I've got to go under. Like Mm. you just, if you don't go through it, you will die. So just figure it out. And then I caught literally the best wave of my entire life from Karam and Ali right to my front doorstep at Lacey's, got out, felt like, okay, I've done it. This is fine. Like I'm breathing, I'm living, I can do it, I'm fine. That night, went for a shower, shut my eyes. Went straight back underwater. Feel like I almost had an anxiety. I've never had an anxiety attack or a panic attack, but that is what that felt like. And still to this day, it can be like 
one and a half foot and I look out and I'm like, oh, like it's a bit offshore. I don't like it. It's a bit big. Yeah, like I make all these excuses. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fucking just get out there. And then the times that I can initiate that and be like, shut up and get out there. Mm. Best time ever. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I love this so much. I forgot how good it was. Yeah, I feel like there's so many um, – it's like risky not to just sound full woo-woo. Yeah. But I feel like there's just this – I read something. I can't remember where it was. I wish I could. But it was basically that – Maybe it was something Joe Dispenza wrote, but like your heart beats without you thinking about it. Yeah. You breathe without you thinking about it. You can move. All these things sort of just happen without thought. You might think that you do, but like you're not thinking when you breathe. You're not yeah. thinking when you your heart beats. So it's like just those two basic functions. The universe wants to keep you going. Yeah. Like if you want to use that kind of terminology yeah. it's like there's a force there's something happening that wants you to stay alive like we don't you're not actively beating your heart no you're not actively breathing that air if you try and stop your heart beating or you try and stop breathing air you're gonna fucking breathe air and yeah. your heart's gonna beat so like if if i believe in anything on like a spiritual level it's that like the universe wants me alive at some point. Yeah. Like it wants good for me if it's literally going to keep sustaining me and like there's some there's something here that's like still going forward, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, just kind of be the like third party kind of just the watcher of mm. the person. Like we sort of get there's an interesting um there's like this interesting kind of it's I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a line of theory but it's called like on having no head and it's mm -hmm. like all like being a headless man but like you can't you can't see your head like i can see your head yeah but, i very rarely see my head well you can't <laughs> see it like obviously in, in a, a mirror, in a but mirror not very can, often, yeah. but you can't like you literally can't if you look now you can't find it mm. so it's like all there is is it's like this perception and so like if you're sitting there from me and i ask you what am i you'd be like you're a person so then I'd go, like, let's say there's no buildings, there's no anything in between us. It's just a thought experiment. But there's nothing between us. And then you go 50 meters. And I say, what am I? And you'll be like, oh, you're a really small person. Mm -hmm. And then you go back five kilometers. And then you'd be like, mm, you're like the horizon, and you're the sky, and there's some wind, and that's it. And then I'd be like, all right, now go back 5,000 kilometers. And then I'll say, what am I? And then you'll go, you're the world. Yeah. And then you just keep sort of going back and back yeah. and back. And it's like a good way to think about it because you can, it's the same like if you went closer and closer and closer, if you got down to like an atomic level, like even an atom is made up mostly of nothing. It's like 70% of an atom is yeah. like, we don't even know what it is. <laughs> so yeah, it's all just like this kind of yeah. perspective. So there's some cool... It's just some cool kind of like thought experiments that you can do that can, I feel like, just help give people perspective of like what the actual individual person is. And I think a good way to think about it is like we we do have the power to zoom in and out on ourselves because have you ever had a toothache and it's the only thing you can concentrate on? No. You never had it. All right. Have you ever had a headache? Yes. And it's the only thing you can concentrate on. Yeah. Or you felt so sick 
you are sick. So like you can tell, yeah, you're like, yes, so you, you zoom in so far that all you are is sick. Yeah. You're not Katie anymore. You're not arms and legs. You're not the owner of Sabia. You're not the owner of anything. You're sick. Yeah. And it's like, that's where you are. So it's like, we kind of, we actually have that ability to like zoom in and out yeah. from ourselves more than we think, but it's just the way that we choose to do it. Yeah. And like attention has been trained. And again, I think that there's just fuck, like you kind of like we live in a world that's based on the self, like consumerism Mm -hmm. and, you know, personal space. And like you can survive now as a woman in the world completely independently. Like if I put you in Game of Thrones times right now, you ain't getting out of that shit alive without some serious luck. You know what I mean? Like you'd need people around to sort of do it. So we've sort of, I feel like the world's got better in terms of like living conditions and, and like the world's a better, safer, nicer place to be. But the trade off with that comes in. You're yourself now and you're not removed. Like you're not a community. You're not, cause I can imagine like, you know, you, you, your granddad working in a farm with like let's say 10 other people like picking potatoes or whatever it's like he probably wouldn't feel as much a self as he was a team team. in that moment you know like there probably is we probably were just more zoomed out than what we are now like I feel like we're very zoomed in and then now once I've started thinking about that shit I think about like Instagram and it's mm. like if there's if you want to agree that there's no self, then you're literally putting a digital self. So it's like you're making a copy of a cop if you're thinking about it in yeah. those terms. And then I, I'm like, fuck, this is weird. Like there's now all these different. Levels. We're even creating like deeper levels of yeah. self than actually than it's actually terrifying. Exists. Wonder where it, that goes. It's really terrifying. I'm so thankful that I didn't fall like I'm not 13 now imagine mm. being a 13 year old now you're not mature enough to be able to have thoughts about yourself and detaching from the you know all of these things that we're talking about mm. you're just rocking up to school every day and wondering is my insta pick cool. enough yeah is it enough like fuck that mm. those, that's sad did you feel like that though when you were growing up like I feel like um, you've always been a fairly independent like very no I wouldn't you can't like not carefree but I feel like you've always been very okay with yourself yeah I think that comes from like having an older brother mm. like you shout out to Ilzy. yeah love ya miss ya um you don't get the chance to take yourself too seriously yeah like my childhood was motorbikes and getting dirty and going skiing and like I didn't I wasn't girly Mm. And the minute that I like probably initiated my first like, oh, maybe I want a, fuck, I've never had like, I don't know what it would be. But like something girly, I remember Michael just would look at me and be like, that's fucking gay and boring. (laughs) What are you going to get out of that? And then like that's been such a positive way for the person I've developed, but also such a negative because I can't converse with girls that well. Mm. Like. Girly girls, not at all. Mm. I don't know what to talk about. Like, it's boring to me. Like, someone who doesn't want to get outdoors, like, someone who frowns, like, oh, what are you doing on the weekend? Oh, we're going to go camping. Where are you going to shower? Is there a toilet? Mm. No, like, we're going off the grid. 
that doesn't like I can't converse with people like girls like that that mm. well because then it's like and then I feel what is the like I am like oh do I do people think that I think I'm better than that mm. and then that's the headspace like that's I guess the one thing I struggle with is like sometimes I worry that the way that I show up like what people think of that like do they think that I'm too detached mm. that I don't care because I've got a bunch of mates that I love. Like some of them are super girly and some of them aren't and some of them are boys and some of them are girls. But like sometimes I really struggle when I meet a new chick and like for me I'm like I can tell straight away, new girl or boy. I'm like I'm in or I'm out. But sometimes I really struggle when I'm like, oh, like yeah, I'm probably a boy in a girl's body and the stuff you're talking about is boring and like I don't mm. want to offend you but also like. I'm just not on that level. Like, why do we have to be friends with everyone? Yeah, true. Like, well, it, it's why does it have to be a negative thing to be like, okay, we have no interest. Good luck to you. Like, you seem like a nice person, but that's I'm, it. I'm not going to come shopping at Pack Fair for six hours. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, but I think that's like the part of being comfortable with yourself. Yeah. Is that you can? Yeah, you don't have to. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like you don't really have to worry about what other people think because, again, mm. that's where you get into that territory of, like, is this person enough? Yeah. And in in terms of, like, yourself, are you enough? It's like, well, fuck, you are what you are. Yeah. But there, there was one interesting thing that I was um, going through the other day that if you're – if there's, like, this version – conversations between people uh, – and I, I've thought about this a lot through the podcast – Mm. Is that how do you have yourself in a conversation between two people, but not uh, like put yourself in that conversation? Mm. If that makes sense, yeah. Because I always try and think like, well, so the big podcast criticism of any host or whatever that's trying to do a format where it's not just question and answer is like, oh, you talk too much, and it's like, well. How do you, like, I would ultimately, like, my best, like, my ideal scenario for a podcast would be you just literally sit here and talk for three hours. Like, that would work great for me. Yeah. And it would be very, like, I'd be interested. And, yeah. But it's just, like, it's not how it works. But uh, there was, I can't remember what it was, but there was sort of this, again, like, another thought idea of, like, if you removed yourself from that conversation and you were just like again like a headless person just witnessing like that other person because essentially like i'm experiencing you right now yeah. you're experiencing me but at some point like if i could just you can be like the witness of somebody else's experience and i think that then like pulls your you out of it yeah. in a way which i thought was like a pretty interesting concept yeah Definitely. I feel like you're one of the people when I talk to, like, the background goes to fuzz. Mm. Which is like, I don't know, what does that mean? Like, does that mean that you're a good talker and I can listen better? But some, you know, when you meet some people and you're just like, you're not focused on what they're saying. Like, there's a lot going on. But when you, when you chat to some people, it's like everything just kind of in the background goes a bit like fuzz and you can actually focus. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's just like attention. Like, obviously, yeah. there's something there you know inattention wise but i definitely always try my hardest to 
to just give like yeah to give people like full attention i really try when i'm interacting with someone not to be on the phone but i also think that the people that you end up talking to well like we always have good conversations but i feel like that's because i'm not scared of any judgment from you no like i tell you fucking pretty much everything yeah and like that's because i know at no point I just don't feel like a judgment's coming. No. So then to me, there's no reason to, to have anything. like a my backup or to have, again, like there's nothing that I'm trying to like keep in the way of just the experience itself. Yeah. And I think that's probably what it is. Like all of my really good friends, I just talk to in that, in that way where it's just like the, I'm yeah. just not scared. And I don't know whether people... I don't know whether people just don't do that enough or don't think in that think, way enough. Yeah, I Because I feel like people don't really want to judge people. No, but I think like it's that inside voice of like, if I show my whole and real self, what are you going to think of me? Mm. Like that's a pretty daunting thought. And I like since leaving Cairns, I've got my still friends from that I've grown up with, but in this space of five years, I've lived on the Gold Coast probably got like three best friends mm. that know anything and everything and I can show up and be like this is who I am and then you meet people and I I am like my worst trait is I'm super naive and I think everyone's just yeah. gonna show up like me and like yeah. be like why would you not be open and friendly and accepting and then I meet people and I'm like just an open book and then I get hurt and I'm like oh, well, fuck, is it me? Like, what? Yeah. Like, am I too open? Like, and then that's when people decide to, like, revert a little bit and then it's, like, those experiences that make them hold, like, okay, well, maybe I'll, maybe there's a set of rules in getting yeah. to know someone before I share yeah. these aspects. Because it is, like, a lot of people don't aren't comfortable to show up and be like, this is what it is. Yeah, well, I just have a thing with people where, like, I feel all right about myself. Like, I feel good about saying, like, I'm okay with myself in the same way that I feel like I'm okay with saying the shit I need to work on still. Yeah. Like, I'm fully okay with both levels of the coin. And I yeah. feel like I'm willing to show people or, like, be honest to say that, you know what? I got shit to work on. Yeah, that's, that's still, like, a pretty big hole in this program, yeah. you know? But I I don't know. Like, I just feel like people, I want to just be upfront completely myself around people, like, especially, like, smoking weed. And, yeah. like, if you want to judge me based on any of those factors that I'm okay with, yeah. like, I'm, I've done the thinking about it and I understand the implications and I understand the good and the bad and I'm still fine with it and yeah. I'm still fine with being a work in progress. But it's like, if you don't like me for one of those things that I've kind of already dug through and I've kind of already rationalized, I know I've still got work to do. If you don't want to like me for those things, then like, that's totally fine. Yeah. Like I actually am okay with it. It's your choice at the end of the day. Like, and I think anyone that doesn't think they're in a work in progress, like, Come on. Mm. You're always going to be a work in progress. What's the point of living if you feel like you've reached perfection? Mm. That'd be boring. Well, it's all still kind of like unfolding too. Yeah, you're learning every day. Like there's so many things that like I thought I'd figured out and they're just arising in like 
different sides mm. now. And I'm like, oh, I thought, thought I understood that. But yeah, I thought I had a handle of that one. Now it's coming up in like maybe a relationship or maybe a business. Like mm. it's like this uh, a circumstance, but you've dealt with it in a different level, but now it's showing up in a different level. And you're like, okay, well, I kind of know how to observe it and to feel the feelings, like, but the way to handle it is now different. Mm. What well, did you ever have any fears of going into business as a woman? No, that was something that because you never you never strike me as the kind of person that worries about that kind of stuff either, nah. which is cool because I feel like it's definitely maybe the skincare industry is a little bit different or the like it's very male dominant to be is honest. It really, yeah, it's huge. Hmm. Um, a lot of like the chemists and stuff like that. Mm. But I think like I'm very fortunate my upbringing was like work hard and if you work hard then you can have whatever you want. Yeah. And I I do work hard. Yeah. And I think like there's an element of like every time we buy new stock and invest a lot of money in something, I'm like, well, fuck, I hope this works. But at the end of the day, in my core, I'm like, I know it will work because I'm doing the work. Yeah. What's that? What's that conversation like with yourself? Because I like we've had conversations where you'll be stressing over buying shit and you know like going in on certain things and it's like I mean I feel like me and Maddie always give you like the encouragement advice like and I kind of always want to do that with people unless it's like a fucking stupid idea yeah like I'll step in but hey yeah I'm like "Mm, yeah cool good stuff (laughs) good luck let me know um so when are you moving out um but I mean I feel like you know, I would give you that advice, but there's obviously an internal conversation that you have with yourself as like a business woman that you yeah. do go back to something every time because you always pull the trigger on the things you say you will. Yeah. So the the biggest thing is my vision board. Really? And like it's it's a A3 piece of paper with like three. It's cut into like three columns and two rows. And at the top it says like what Sabia is like, the words that it means to me. So it's like lux, sustainability, trendsetting, sand, because that's what Sabia converts to. It's Italian for sand. Oh, nice. And that's like the whole vision of the business is to go back into the earth like a grain of sand. Um, and like all my feeling words about like what the business means to me. And then there's like an element that's like money goals, like what, you know, month on month, like what I want to see growing as the business then there's like a timeline that has like usually a six six month period and it has like incisions at every half month of like things like me getting paid a wage or me yeah. um, employing our first employee or having a skincare line launch. And all of those things way back from 12 months ago, when I look at, because I keep them all and I just redo them every Yeah, I was going to say, how often are you redoing them? Whenever I feel stagnant, like I'm in my head instead of in it. Like whenever I have a time where I'm like, oh, this is hard. Like I'm not sure. Like rah, 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 and I'm like, do a vision board. Yeah, like, right. Because then that makes me like feel really grounded. I'm like, okay, well, get out of your head. Like and instead of stressing about what it could be, write down what you want it to be. Yeah. And then just show up and do that every day. And like, yeah, some of the times it doesn't work. But when I look back at our first vision board, it said April 2020, me taking a wage. And like in March 2020, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm taking a wage. Like, that seems silly. April 2020, our accountant was like, 
I think you should start taking a wage. No way. It wasn't even my choice. It just happened. And then, like, the skincare launch, our first birthday, I wanted to, to bring out a whole new range. Didn't know what it was, but I just said, whole new range. Skincare's coming. Like... That's so cool. I didn't even know that you, you kept that, that like, Yeah, because I don't tell people about it. Like, it's that's, cool, that's my practice. Like, yeah. And I, I don't do it for, like, my personal life or my relationship. Like, I don't do it for that. But it just keeps me in check. And, like, when, you know, this, this last two months has been yeah. fucking so stressful and I can feel it in my body that I'm like, oh, I need to breathe. Like, I'm... I'm in my head at the moment and I'm worrying, which isn't like the type of person I am. Mm. And I just always take it back and I'm like, what are you, like, what's the point? Like, what what are you showing up for today? Or what, like, what is the reason that you are expanding? Mm. It's because you're doing it. Like, this is what you've always wanted to do. So just have a deep breath and just go to bed, wake up and you'll do it. Like, mm. but yeah, with with the big money investments, like, that's terrifying for anyone. Like whether you're going to invest in stock, whether you're going to invest in your own business or buy a house or like spend a shitload of money on a holiday. Like it's always daunting because you work hard to save your money. Mm. And I just think like when I work, like you saw my spreadsheet yesterday, <laughs> I know what's happening with my money. Yeah, you're pretty on it. <laughs> like I figure out like down to like, yeah, what. Every single thing costs us, including the freight and the exchange rate at the minute that I bought it. Like, I know. And then I know what I've got to do to get it out there. And then I focus on the outcome. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to make my money back on it, but I'm also going to be helping people. And that's the whole reason I got into Mm. what I'm doing is to help people and help the environment. So stop. It's not about me. You Mm. know, like stop thinking that it's about me because it's not. I'm just the person driving the business, but it's the business isn't for me. Mm. Like, well, I mean, it's you're like subconsciously removing yourself from it, which yeah. is kind of like what we're even talking about. So it's like you're yeah. sort of almost doing it without even, I guess, intentionally know knowing that you are doing it. Yeah, which is I feel cool. like that. That's like yeah, the one thing that I can really take my hat off to the yoga experience that I had was like learning how to to be like the vehicle and stop stop thinking it's about me Mm. like when you know your mission or your purpose in life the universe picks it for you yeah you can alter it and try to but at the end of the day the universe kind of has a path for you and you're born into it and you just are going to ride it out you can go against it or not but I always just know like the universe for me was like I'm such a nature girl and I'm such an empath. Mm. So like for me what I'm doing, like it feels like that's what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. It's for the it's for the environment and every day I'm helping people and I'm engaging with people and that's what I like to do. So it just makes sense. Mm. And it might not be forever. Like I don't know what will happen in the future, but for now, like, just feels good to do this. So I'll just keep doing this. It's so cool. Like, but I mean, yeah, I think that's why you do so well out of it. And like yeah. 12 months is such a short period of time. Like yeah. in business sense, it's fucking crazy how yeah. much you and Dave have achieved in a year. Like it is pretty incredible. Thanks. And I think that, it is it does come yeah just down to like genuine 
intentions because yeah. it like feel like it's just so hard to keep up appearances if it's not because that's sort of what it becomes about mm. is you actually have to try to f- like if you've got to try and mold something in a certain way and like you're vi- like very uh you're holding on to something it's pretty hard to stay fake it all the time yeah because and i say that about um and i think that was one of the things for me with doing this is like fuck like you really got to figure out or not figure out but you've really just got to be yourself because like if this podcasting isn't for you and it's not going to be successful and it won't long term do well like that's fine man just don't fake it yeah just don't be somebody else like if you're going to do it do it to the point where it's you and and that's it and it's like it sort of seems like it could maybe come across like selfish in the way of like, oh, well, you know, you should do it for listeners and you should do it for this. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But at the end of the day, it's like I've got to – I can't be a certain person just for the sake of like the success of the show. Yeah. It's like you've, I've just got to be myself. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah, and I think like when when we started Sabi, like coming from a mac- marketing background, like I I get it. I know how yeah. it all works, and I know what I had to do. And I think it was like I quit my I start we launched in September, but like we probably started really gnarly work on it in like July. In that period, like literally don't even remember yeah. what I did in that period because it was so full on. And then we launched in September. And then in that September to October period, my employment was like, oh, do you like, do you care more about the business? I'm like, of course I fucking do. Like, <laughs> what a stupid. And they just couldn't. Everyone Wrap shows up to like please the other person. And I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, of course, why would I start a business if that wasn't my sole passion? And I was like, yeah, like that's, I want to transition to doing that full time. And in that job, like I really learned some things about social media because the company was run by an influencer mm. and I learned so much. Like I'm so grateful for that experience because it taught me so much about business, so much about what not to do and what to do. Mm. And I always kind of was like, I'm never going to fucking pay influencers. Like it's just not me. Like I don't, I don't like that shit. I don't like coming up on social media with a filter on and pretending my life is epic Mm. because it makes other people feel shit and I don't want to be the driver to make someone feel shit and I don't want to pretend like life's perfect because it's not. Like, just be real. Mm. It makes it harder for you to swallow the pill when it's hard when you're always pretending it's perfect. Mm. And in that experience of that job, like, I really learned about, like, showing the face of the business and I knew when she would hop on and sell things it would go bananas and I was like, fuck, I really got to do that. But I'm not like a camera girl. Like mm. I cringe at the thought of having like, I don't have, if I died today, I don't have a picture for my funeral. Like I don't have one single selfie or anything. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to, this is like one thing I'm just going to have to let my ego. And it's a weird way because it's still the ego, but it's yeah. not like, it's not like, oh my God, I'm perfect. And I'm this ego. It's like, I don't want to look like I have an ego. That's like the that, and that's an ego too. Yeah, exactly. That that's what I was saying before about the further I went into that whole yeah. thinking about yeah, it. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> is it like oh, I don't want to have an ego. I got to do everything I can to look like I don't have an ego. I'm like, that's the fucking same thing. 
That's yeah. ego. All of it. And I think, yeah, that's, yeah, I've literally been in that exact it's, same and place. And it was so hard. Like we, when we launched Sabia, I knew how detrimental it was to the business mm. to show our face. But for like two months, I was like, I can't do it. Like, I just feel like it's not who I am. Like, I I feel like I will look really ego based, and like, what do I do? Like, I it was just a bit of a head fuck, and I'd never thought so much about that. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't really for me. Like, maybe this Instagram. Fuck, that's crazy, man. We literally went through the exact same thing. I was like, this Instagram business thing. Like, oh, like I want to do it, but I can't. <laughs> Big, and then one day I just like, I think we had, oh, we, oh, fuck, we, do you know about this? We like, we launched it September and we sold out in October and when we were getting close to sell out, like it takes four to six weeks for our stuff to get made. Mm. Um, I ordered a new like batch of stock and like doubled it and like that's what we've always done. Like we, I feel like because I am quite a calculated person, like I'm not going to drop fuckloads yeah you're not going to get a mortgage i'm just doing little increments and yeah it might not be cost effective but it's smart and i don't need the headache of like let's like we haven't borrowed money to do it it's Mm. been like we've put in our own money and then the business and then sometimes we have to top it up for big stock things but it's never been like i need to get a loan and i need that headache um but yeah we ordered this new batch of stock and it got stuck for six weeks and it was like just before Christmas and we had heaps of people being like what's doing like and I felt like fuck maybe I've made the wrong decision maybe this universe telling me like it's not for you and then one day like finally got like and found out that it was getting cleared and it was coming and all this stuff like it was going to happen and I just without even thinking I hopped on our stories and I was like hey guys like it's Katie I don't know if I've introduced myself or not, but I just want to let you know. And then that was like the moment that I hopped on just like my raw self, I cooked it a bunch of times in what I was saying, stumbled on my words, was really awkward. And we had like 50 DMs in like 20 minutes being like, oh my God, like it's so nice to see who's behind the brand. Mm. And it just changed it. And then now like, fuck, I don't know if you see the videos that we do, like, we have a few wines and we put on a face mask and we're keeping it real. Like I want the whole business to be just real. Like mm. I don't want people to think that we're like this huge company making shitloads of money and we've got 40 staff. Like, no, it's me and Dave packing orders. Sometimes we're here till fucking late. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't want to do it. Sometimes we're exhausted and we feel like shit, but that's what it is to run a business. And I think that, now we have a community. We don't have a following. It's a yeah. community. Yeah. And like on the weekend I showed, we made the desk for the spare room in the office. Like, and everyone's like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I love it. I love seeing you guys just doing like things for the business and like a behind the scenes. I'm like, oh, well, this is easy. I don't have to spend money and time on like filming fancy stuff. I'm just going to rock up and do me. Mm. And since like, it was probably three months ago that I fully transitioned from not using any fancy stuff and it's just all like pretty rough. Yeah. Not rough, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's just we hop on and we're like, oh, well, hey guys, like didn't know what to talk about. We're going to do a face mask. And then we like get on our flow and talk about whatever. And it's just changed the business. Like it's so different. Mm. And we have like such a – people like always will message 
and write and be like, it's so nice to see you guys have grown. Like when we showed the warehouse and we were doing the spare room yeah. and building the desk, everyone was like, oh, my God, like congratulations. Like we're so excited that you have, you've grown out of one office to two offices and more storage. Like we're so proud of you. And mm. it's just like these people don't know who we are, but it's so nice that they like they feel a part of it because now they know who we are. Mm. I had a thing with uh, the podcast where I – in my initially, my headspace around it was like, I just want to put it out. I want to be real. I, like, it really went through a very similar thing. Mm. And I and I was just like, I sort of thought too. This was what my honest thinking was: the goal would be to have so many people listening to it that you couldn't keep up with the DMs. Yeah. So I was like, I just don't want to. I don't want to start and then stop. I felt like if I started really interacting with people and if I started to, to like, like you said, not have a business, you got a community. Yeah. I thought if I started to do that, then at some point it would be too much and I'd have to stop. And admittedly, I'm not good with DMs anymore. Oh, neither. But <laughs> I feel like I am really embraced the community aspect of it because it is a fucking awesome community. If you... If you build something for people or you, you build something and people like it, that it's like that's the gold is the talking to those people and it's the giving to those people and those people giving back to you because it's like what we were saying at the start, you know, we're so secular. Everything has just become like more and more into the self mm. and there is for like you cannot deny that we're, the way that we started as humans was tribal and communal and you could not survive without each other. Now we live in a world where technically you can, but that biology is still there to where people really, really, really need, like they can't live without people. And like this whole two stroke build thing that we've been doing, it's been the most fucking incredible example of how positive it can be to get those people together that and because I sort of was like, oh, it's all it's going to come from me. Like that's a lot to sort of carry that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I just I just don't know if I'm up for that to try and carry all these people. Mm. And then we created that discord chat. We've, we've got like our own chat room now. Yeah. And I get in, I log on like once a day <laughs> and there's just like all these dudes that are only come together through the podcast and then this two stroke project. And that's like a little community and dudes are sharing parts and they're like, oh, I yeah. got this guy. And that's so fucking cool to actually be able to, to like help space. facilitate yeah. that, you know. But, yeah, I had that, ex- same, that exact same thing at the start where I was just like. Oh, I know. I wonder if it's a bit of a cans thing too, though. I feel like there's like – and I don't know. It's probably just because that's where we come from. but. Yeah. There's definitely a thing up there where, like, I've, I've said it before in here, but we'd go up the Cape and we'd go pig hunting and I'd be eight years old driving a car for eight hours. Yeah. It, and it's like... It's what you do. None of that shit is a lie. No. And I'd go back to school and I'd say, oh, we did this on school holidays. And I, I flew up in the Royal Flying Doctors and I stayed in Laura for six weeks. And yeah crashed my motorbike and killed a bunch of pigs and went and then everyone's just like oh bullshit you think you're fucked and that's just like what i was just a kid i'm like i don't 
Why would I make that yeah, up? Yeah, that's just fucking what I like. I didn't, I didn't even comprehend what I should have said. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm getting this like crazy negative reaction that now has these like consequences that are following me for just telling the truth. Yeah. I was just saying exactly what happened. And I now. I remember the, the first time that Dave met my dad. He, like, I've said bits and pieces to him about like what childhood was like and that we'd go camping a shitload and. I'd ride motorbikes with Michael and what it was. And then we the first time he met Dad, he had <laughs> poor thing. He had his best mate there who taught me how to go pig hunting. Yeah. And right. Dave comes through the door and Dad's got like this massive um it's like a cane corsa. It's like an Italian fucking weighs more than me. And Dave What was, is it? It's like an Italian uh cane corsa. What do they do though? They're like massive dogs. They're like war oh, dogs. Oh, yeah, They're yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. fucking super protective and yeah. aggressive. They're yeah. not aggressive by nature, but they can be super aggressive. And obviously I smell exactly like my mum. Mm. So when I come through the door, he's just like, oh, it's family, like knows me. And then when we got off the plane in Mackay, when my parents were living in Mackay, got off the plane, mum and dad pick us up, dad's a bit cut, like excited because like, Weird. It's so weird. He's just, yeah, I don't know how to explain him, but he just gets so stoked on like me, like wanting to do shit with him because yeah. obviously it's a given him and Michael are going to do a lot of fun stuff together. Yeah. But when I come to do stuff with him, he's like, yes, like my girl. Yeah. And like daddy's little girl. Yeah. Stuff. He loves it. And um, I f- yeah, brought Dave up to meet them and we got in the car and like my rule is always when you pick someone up from the airport, you have a six pack of beers. Like, yeah. So you should. It's a fucking rule. <laughs> and so we get there and at the stage I was only drinking burly big heads like because they're yeah. preservative gluten-free. And he had them and it's like they were hard to source and he was so excited and he was like, Dave was like, oh, my God, your dad's like a 20-year-old. Like what's he doing? I was He's like, just keen. get keen with him otherwise you're out. Like, yeah. Pretty much. And we're in the car and we're like driving home and we get there and mum's like, oh, just – when we walk through the door, maybe just stand behind me and then let Katie go in first and then we'll see what happens. And Dave was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we walk in and, and the dog comes out and he's like sniffing Dave and he's like didn't didn't like Dave, like fully growled. And then Dad was like, oh, well, come on, like over here, Trev, and like puts him outside. And then we're sitting down and we're like having a conversation about what it was like growing up and he's like, oh, yeah, but." Like, Dad and his mates and Michael would go on fishing trips and I'd always wanted to go. Like, I didn't want to be at home with Mum. I wanted to do what they were doing. And the first time, I think, I was like eight. I was like, can I please come? Can I please come? And Dad's mate was like, well, if, if you come, the rule is you have to eat a fish head, a uh, fish eye. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that. And he's like, well, this is what it is. So I ate a fish eye. Next time, they, like, went on a pig hunting trip and they're like, oh, if you want to come, you have to stab a pig. I stabbed a pig. How gnarly is that sound? And then <laughs> it's gross. To, it makes me feel sick to it's say it. It's fucking gnarly, eh? But I never told that to Dave. Like, it's just stuff that yeah. I'm just like, that's what I grew up doing. Like, it's not like, I don't know. I just don't think about it. And then we're sitting there like having beers and dad was like telling all these stories. And Dave was like, who is this fucking chick I'm dating? <laughs> I'm like, with this full bogan I'm fucking terrified. killer. <laughs> Of her. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he probably still is a time. Oh, and sometimes I do things like like that are su- not like manly, but like 
I can sort myself out. And yeah. he's like, fuck, you're such a FNQ girl. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's fun, I think. like. Yeah, and especially like even where you guys were. It sort yeah. of like wasn't even that much of like an option. It's sort of in terms of there's not that much else to do. No. If you're not doing that shit, you're not really doing a lot. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. He was like, holy shit, you're gnarly. And then, yeah, when I moved to the coast and, like, you tell people, like, that kind of stuff, they're like, oh, fucking bullshit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay then. Like, Oh, man, we used to get that. We used to get that shit all the time, dude. Like, Maddie was just smarter than I was. Maddie just never said anything about anything, yeah. which is probably what I should have just done in the end. But, like, it used to just bug me. I'd yeah. be like, what the fuck? Like, this is literally what I'm doing. Like, if you're my fr- aren't you guys supposed to be my friends? Like, yeah, you know, you shouldn't you know what, yeah, what we're up to, sort of deal. But, but yeah, I mean, I I wondered whether that shit came from cans because it just seemed like, it did seem like for a lot any, if you had any aspirations of being like bigger than yourself in cans, everyone kind of not everyone, but a lot of people would start to think that it's like you had that. Yeah, Very I'm too ego. too good for you, sort of mentality. Well, even like now, like when I go home like my friends from school they got a bit to say about what i'm doing like yeah what do they think well they're like one when i moved to the coast they were like you're out of your mind like what are you gonna do like we're all having babies and getting married and i was like Mm. i could do that but i feel like i could have two lives and i could do what i want and then when i'm a bit older i could do that so Mm. i've got two and one and they're like oh i don't know i think you're making just like a bad mistake and then when i went on that europe trip they like literally sold everything that I had, had a backpack for like two years. And they were just like, you are out of your mind. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for work? Where are you going to get money? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm just going to have a good time. Like this is the one point in my time in my life that I can literally live out a backpack and not care about what tomorrow might bring. Like mm. my one opportunity, because one day I will be 30 and I will have kids and that's gone forever. Like mm. I can't ever do that again. And then when I came back and I started the business and the first Christmas I went home when I started it, it was just weird. Like I felt like everyone was like not judgy. Like a lot of my girlfriends yeah. are stoked, but they're like a bit like, oh, well, how like how much money are you making? Or what mm. like what is it all about? And I'm like, fucking not much. If you know anything about starting a business, you know it's expensive. Like yeah. and it, it just it does feel weird though. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I think at, at, at a point you definitely – like I've even been thinking lately. Um, but, again, it's just thinking. It's like it's fucking pointless. Like, yeah. But in my head I was like I get people that just want to give me shit because there's a lot of people that are watching what happens and it makes like it's commerce. Yeah. It's how it all works. And, you know, and then that's why I've been active. Like you actively do shit to be like this isn't me, this isn't – Yeah. You know? But at some point like fuck it, if you're like – you are a good person. Like, I know mm. for a fact you're a good person. Like, at some point you've just got to kind of – I feel like you just have to relax into into just that simple fact. And it's almost like you said with your vision board, you know, it's like – but relax into that of, like, your personal board yeah. of, like, who you are. And it's like any time you're having those doubts of, oh, people think this and people think that, it's like look back at that board and be like, oh, Katie's not bad. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, one thing without sounding, like, a bit ignorant is – when I faced those challenges of people being like, oh, well, you know, you've changed or whatever, 
I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm developing and I'm growing. And people if, should change. If you don't want to like enjoy the change of like what it is, then maybe our chapter's closing, and that is absolutely fine. Like mm. I have no, I hate that people think like chapters closing is a negative thing. Mm. I think it's important to understand like people, situations, everything comes into your life for a reason and a lesson. Some will last your entire life and some won't. Like mm. what is the hang up on thinking that it's negative, that something's ended? Mm. Like I don't like that. Yeah, well, it's just like what we were saying before, you know, thinking makes it so. Yeah. Whatever you think about that, I think that's what Shakespeare said, like whatever whatever the situation arises, like the negative or positive thinking makes it so. Yeah. Yeah, I struggled with that a little bit, like especially now that I've, I'm in this weird world of like owning a business and understanding relationships that come with that, like with influences and things. Mm. Sometimes you feel like people are like getting chummy with you for, yeah, to say, I know this person and I don't like, that's not who I am. So I'm like, oh, well, if you can't have a wine with me and have a good conversation, then no, we're not mates. Mm. Like, we're acquaintances and we're going to do business together, but like, I don't like that. That well, I think that's the way. Well, that's the fake shit that does yeah. go on, you know. And I feel like it's sad that like a lot of Instagram relationships are that. Mm. Like it, it's a such an epic community, and we've like I've got like not friends, but like acquaintances in Perth and all over the world that I talk to like most days about their skin and all these things, and like I genuinely care about them. But then there's like the other people that show up and they just want to say like that they know you or like mm. and it's just like this icky feeling. You're like, well, fucking if you can't like pick up the phone and have a conversation like. Yeah. Yeah. We aren't that close. Just because we're following each other on Instagram doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Like, well, I think that's one of the cool things about you guys as well as I think anyone that understands like the Instagram, Facebook mm. world and the Facebook pixel world and the, the ad sense and the way that you can market to people it that's a kind of an icky world too yeah and i think that you guys the the fact that you can always come back to the the fact that you are doing good for people that's another cool thing i think about your brand that sort of it's not i guess not like a it's not something you're going to say about yourself obviously but Mm -hmm. from the outside in something that I can say about your brand is that in a pretty fucking dirty world, you guys are playing a very clean game. And that clean game isn't the most profitable game. No. Because there's a lot of shit you can buy that's just, there's there's zero ethics behind it. And it's all marketing and it's all influencer marketing. And it's like, it is a dirty game. It's based on the way that they're getting people's emails to market to them is dirty. Like they're... It's fucking effective though. Yeah, if we wanted to get rich, we could buy some shirts for $2 and sell them for fucking $202 mm-hmm. with the right influencer. Like, but that's not what we're here for. Mm. Like, there's, I know all how to do it. Like, yeah. I work in marketing, but it's just, dot, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. It wouldn't make me feel good. And it wouldn't make me want to show up for those shit days because at the end of the day, I don't want to drive a rangy. Like, I don't want to, that's not my lifestyle. Like, yeah. I want to have a four-wheel drive and be able to have time off and go camping. That's not expensive. Yeah, true way. So, at the end of the day, like, I'm living within my means because of the business that we own. Like, 
we're never going to be earning well maybe fuck that'd be nice but like we're not ever going to be earning millions and millions of dollars with the products that we sell they're affordable because i want people to change what they're doing for the environment and to feel good Mm. and like that's yeah it's not driven by like that yeah what was the um what was those two years in europe like (laughs) fun um (laughs) fun (laughs) i was good though i swear yeah well i feel like i've told you a little bit it's a pretty cool story like me and my best friend um just got to like a point that we were both like what are we where was she from cairns as well she's from tenham sands oh okay so we was it do i know her yeah you know of her oh okay we'll put it together in a minute oh um we the girl went to europe with i didn't i don't know anyway sorry keep going um but yeah, we never met in Tenham. I was friends with her brother. Oh, I'm just clear. Uh, fuck the penny shop. All right, yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, we yeah never met each other, and then <laughs> I was friends. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was pineapple. <laughs> What's that? My safe word, pineapple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah have more wine and just tell this story. You don't have to tell any of the story, story. No, I'll just go story, story. Um, but yeah, like I met her brother. And then one time he was like, oh, my God, you and my sister are the same people you should meet. And I think we went for like a 20-minute walk and then she went off to um, Darwin to do like a nursing thing. And then one day we just called each other and we're like, fuck, I'm bored. Like, what should we do? And she'd done a few Europe trips and she was like, should we go? I had this obsession with like wanting to go to Central America. And she was like, I really feel like... Where did that come from? I don't know. I just like... I love margaritas. <laughs> I love tequila. So I was like, oh, that'd be fun. I don't know. I just like was always Fuck. really intrigued. Uh, yeah. I just thought it'd be cool. Yeah. But also e- equally intrigued by Europe. And we literally were on um, messenger phone call. And I was like, heads, Europe, tails, South America. And she's like, Gosh. okay, flipped a coin, literally booked our flight for six weeks away and we booked it to fly into France. And I was like, oh, I know some friends that have been doing the yachting thing and they're earning a lot of money. Should we have a crack? And she was like, yep, okay. So literally went up to the sunny coast, did, did this course where you learn like it's got nothing to do with yachting. You learn how to like put out fires and like I can't remember. It's like a STCW or something course and it's what you need to be able to work on boats. So we did that and then – Literally hadn't seen each other since that walk. We'd met once in person, had like a bunch of maybe like four phone calls and then it came to like the weekend that we were going and she flew and I was like, fuck, I don't even know this chick. And I was like, oh, whatever, like it is what we're it is. We're here now. We've booked flights, sold everything. I had like, didn't own a house, but I owned everything within a three-bedroom house like, mm. and a lot of nice things. And I was like, oh, well, fuck, I just had an open garage one weekend. And I was like, take whatever you want, like. I can't fit it in my backpack, so whatever. Um, got on our flight. How much did you make off selling all your shit? Do you remember? No. I gave most of it to friends because I didn't sell much. Uh. Like I was literally seeing this guy for a small amount of time before I left and they had a shit house, like a shit apartment. And I was like, you guys want my nice couch? Like toast it. Like literally just gave them all my stuff. And they were like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, well, I can't, I can't take, take it. it so yeah. I'd rather you guys have it. And then like. If I'm homeless when I come back, I'll I'll sleep on my couch. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we literally got on this plane and 
I was like, fuck. It was my first big trip. Like I'd done like heaps of Asian countries, but not like ever to Europe or the States or like anything big. And we got to Brisbane, caught the train there. And we got on the plane and we were like a bit pissy because we were like so excited, drank a few bottles of wine, got on the plane and she was like, oh, um, do you want a Valium? And I was like, yeah, okay. Like I never had Valium. I never <laughs> had any drugs yet. Really? Ever. Like really? a little bit of weed, but like nothing. And I was like, oh, I don't know what Valium is. And I'm going to look like a kook and she won't want to come with me. So I was like, yeah, okay. Anyway, we have this Valium and like kind of we're so excited that we like pushed through it. Oh, so you were oh, high as fuck. we were so messy. And then we landed in Singapore for our stopover and we literally had to get to the other side of the airport. We're on like, you know, those travel yeah, later things. Yeah. She dropped her, She's she had this weird pencil case thing that had like all her passport and like important shit. She dropped that and we were like walking around like just being the biggest kooks and this man's like, oh, excuse me, miss. And then anyway, like get to Singapore and she's like, I think if we shared one more Valium, we'll actually sleep on the flight to Germany and I was like whatever you're riding this you're driving and I'm just gonna fucking tag you're along. fucking a cat I'm just holding the tail <laughs> yeah, I was like I just got nothing else to say so why not yeah anyway we like have it and then there's like a flight delay and we're sitting at our gate and we're like melting into each other <laughs> and I just remember looking at the the hostie and I was like can you please make sure we get on this flight like because I can't stay awake. And she was like, oh, my God, you guys are fucking a mess. Anyway, get on the flight, get to Germany, land in France, get to wherever we're staying. I think we had booked accommodation. It was like um, where all of the yachties stay. It was like called the Grape Seed or something in Antibes. But it was like this cute little apartment and we had like a terrace and we get there and it's like 9 a.m. And I was like, oh, I'm so ratchet. Like, what do we do? And she's like, the best thing to get through jet lag is to just keep drinking until the sun goes down and then we'll go to bed. I'm like, okay, go to the bottle get like six bottles of wine. Then we go out to like this bar that's like the Aussie bar in Antiques where like all the Aussie yachties and stuff yeah. go there. And she's like, oh, do you want some Coke? And I'm like, oh, like this girl's like the worst <laughs> news for me. <laughs> Literally had like. The stayed awake for like three days. Like literally had my first bender. Your first bender. <laughs> and I was like, I think I want to go home. Like this is a bit much. <laughs> and then. I want to um, go back to Mariba. Yeah, to give me my nonna. Um, and then, yeah, like got, got through that fucking, I don't know how long that lasted, maybe a month. And then we're like, all right, we need to make some money. Like we're cutting through our savings. So you just fucked off for the first month pretty much. Yeah, we just like had a good time, like see what happens. And then it was coming up to the Monaco Grand Prix and everyone was like, oh, if you um, if you want work, go walk the docks at Monaco Grand Prix and you'll find work. Like, what? So we literally get on a bus, uh, on a tram to Monaco, get there, fucking could not afford any accommodation. Like so expensive for the Grand Prix. Stayed in like this fucking narrow little room. And then we like walk the docks and I think I joined like a few Facebook pages because there was like to find work and I found out about this boat that was looking for just girls to pour champagne for the period of the Grand Prix that they had people on. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, let's go to this. Got there, met the captain. He was like, yeah, cool. I was like, oh, will you hire my friend as well? And he was like, no, we don't need like another person. We just need one. I was like, oh, she will do anything like. Please give her a job. Anything. She's <laughs> fucking wild. <laughs> Anything. Um, and then as I was like walking, he was like, no, we're not interested. And as I was walking down, 
the chef was like the loosest person I've ever met. And we just <laughs> almost walked straight into each other. I can't even remember what he said to me, but it was like so abrupt and he was Aussie. So I just threw like a bit of chat at him and he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I'm pouring champagne for the Grand Prix. And he's like, have you done it? And I was like, nope. Because still can't even open a bottle of wine. S- still can't. And he was like, oh, like what? Like, yeah, what's doing? And I was like, oh, do you reckon you could give my friend a job? Like she'll cut herbs for you. And he was like, yeah, what is she like? And I was like, me. So just hire her. So got her a job. We worked like the three or four days for the Grand Prix. My job was pouring um, this gold flake rosé for Jeremy Clarkson. What? For three days. How have you never told me that? Because I just feel like it's wanky. Yeah, it's kind of fucking cool. It happened. But I didn't know who he was. So I got on the boat and then the the first day I just did like bit of um, like cleaning the rooms. What's that? Like room service. Yeah. Um, And then the next day like the – the chick in the bar, me and her had good banter. And she's like, fuck changing sheets. Like, get in the bar. And I was like, I, get me in the bar. Like, I don't know how to do yeah. that. And then she's like, all right. And then I made, like, Bloody Marys with her. And the captain was, like, a bit creepy. Yeah, right. So then I was like, well, I can play this to my advantage. And I was like, well, I'd like to be serving drinks. Like, I don't want to fucking change sheets. And he's like, okay, well. Um, I'll do anything, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all right, well, you can. um." <laughs> Do you know how to pour champagne? I was like, yes. Glass tip. Didn't know how to pour champagne. And then got there and I I don't know, like full disclaimer, how it happened. Maybe he was like, I'd like her to pour my drinks for the day. But anyway, next thing I know, I'm like, all you have to do is make sure he has a full glass of rosé and it had gold flakes in it. And I was like. Like gold, gold. Yeah, it was so wanky. The uh, fuck? I was like, come on, dude. And then. I've heard he's a bit of a knob. He was. Oh, yeah. But then when I, like, so I was doing it and, like, I literally just had to stand, like, a metre away from him with rosé all the time. I was like, this is fucking boring. And I'm not, like, a stander. I'm a chatter. <laughs> and, like, so I just start talking to people and everyone's, like, super friendly, obviously all off their head, so they're super friendly. And then he, I filled up his glass and he's like, have you ever tried this? And I was like, mate, I'm serving your drinks on a boat. No, I'm not drinking it. No, I can't afford that. No, I've not had rosé with gold fucking flakes in it. So I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, no, I haven't. And he was like, would you like some? Just like, And then it just changed. Like every, like even the people who worked on the boat were like, she's kind of fun. Like That's cool. Work. And it just changed the whole dynamic, got like an epic um, review. I don't know if you call it a review, but maybe like a referral. And then I got... A job um, on like a a sailboat that was in based in Barcelona with like a um, South African captain. He was like thirty five, fucking babe. I remember the first time I met him, I was like, "This is like so dangerous." This is the cliche, right here. But and everyone's like, "Don't fuck the crew," and I'm like, "Oh, well, it's kind of hard," but <laughs> I didn't um, because I was like, "You can't do that." And then with an Aussie guy who was like from Darwin. And that was just the funnest six months ever. Like we literally just sailed around Europe and the owners would come on and off and like it was the cruisiest job. And then... Um, Did you learn much about sailing? Yeah, like a fair bit. Um, it was pretty cool. Like that was... That time on that boat was like the funnest thing ever because the lady who owned the boat, she was Israeli and she was like super rich and she loved seafood and she would teach me how to cook a lot. Like... That's she cool. she was so different. Like when I first started, she was a bit of a like bit shit. And then as soon as I would be honest and be like, I don't know how to 
cook clams. Yeah. Like, I've never done that before. She's like, would you like me to teach you? And I was like, yes, actually, I'd love it. And then I'd show her, like, appreciation and she just loved it. It was, like, this weird family dynamic, but it was cool. And then um, after that, I had met, like, a bunch of people in different harbours and stuff, like marinas around Europe. And this guy was like, oh, we – my friend works on the owner of the UFC's boat. Do you want to work on that boat? Was that one of the Fertitas? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah. Like, is it better money than what I'm doing? Is pretty much why. I was yeah. like, yeah, is it better money? And he was like, yeah, way better. I was like, okay, well, yeah, hook me up. Had this, like, phone conversation with the chick and she was like, well, because you know someone, we're just going to hire you as, like, a green stewardess. And I was like, okay. Because green means, like, you don't know anything. Yeah. Um, And I was like, okay, cool. Like, what's what do we do? And she's like, we will fly you from Barcelona to um, Fort Lauderdale. And In then, Florida, yeah. And then the, sh- the boat will come – oh, no – to Fort Lauderdale and then to Nassau, which is the capital of the Bahamas. And then the boat will come there and pick you up and then we'll start. And I was like, okay, I don't have a visa or anything. Like I had a European passport, but I didn't have anything for the States. And she's like, oh, because you have a European passport, you'll just have one meeting at the embassy in Nassau in the Bahamas. and then Oh, so you wouldn't need it for the US because you're just transferring. No, well, you have to get a B1, B2 visa. But they favor European passports. So oh. it's like 100% that you'll get it. Yeah, right. And I was like, okay, cool. Like had the biggest night and like the guy who we like live, all the boys from the boat, we all live together. And he was like ringing me. He's like, Katie, it's like three o'clock. Your shit's all through the room and you have to be on a plane at four o'clock. What are you going to do? And I was like, oh, I don't know how to get home. Can you come get me? Got home, packed all my shit, got on the plane. Flew from Barcelona. I think we landed in LA before going into Florida. And when I got to LA, they were like, what, like, where's your visas? Where's your staff? And I was like, so hungover. I was like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) And they're like, you don't have a visa. You can't come into the country unless you have a flight leaving in 90 days. And I was like, okay, like called the purser, which is like the lady that runs the boat. And I was like, what do I do? And she's like, just buy the flight. That's like the cheapest next flight on that day. And it was to Guatemala for 800 euros. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, like, I'm not going to Guatemala in 90 days. Like, what do I do with this flight? And she's like, no, no, they'll refund you once you get your visa. You just have to pay for it. So I paid for it, flew all the way. Like, it was like 38 hours of flying, traveling. Was a kook at traveling. So in my backpack, didn't have any, like, clothes, toiletry, nothing. It was just like, shit, I couldn't fit in my bag. Got to Nassau and like waited for ages and I was like, oh, my bag hasn't arrived. And they're like, oh, yeah, 10 bags are lost and yours is one of them. And I was like, okay, well, I don't have money. Like I had nothing. I didn't have any cash with me. My, in Nassau, it's like super small. Mm. They didn't have ATMs. And I was like, how do I get to my apartment? And they're like, if you ring the place where you're staying, they oh, they'll send like a courtesy someone. bus or whatever. And I didn't have any numbers, like absolute kook, first date of like not even my job. And the chick's like, what the fuck are you doing? Have this you traveled? And I was like, I don't know what to do. Anyway, got got to the, the apartment, got there, woke up in the morning. And all I had was like I wore a one-piece bathing suit with my jeans on the plane. And that's what I lived in for three days while they tried to find my bags. Fuck. And I didn't have any money to get food or anything. And I was still pretty veggie at the time. 
and I went down to the front counter and I was like, oh, I don't, I can I charge room to my like food to my room? And they're like, no, you need to go and get groceries. And then the lady like called the purser and got approval to take out like money for me. I was like, okay, I'm just going to walk to the shops. Like, where's the closest shop? And they're like, do you know anything about Nassau? And I was like, no, you cannot. It's the crime rate is phenomenal. They're like, really? you will go, you walk out this door, you'll get fucking stabbed. And no I, was shit. Like, I was like, I'm in the Bahamas. Like, no way. And they're like, no, you're not going anywhere. Like at all. So then they made this IT guy drive me to the grocery <laughs> store. You're the, like a fucking foster dog. And the whole time I was just like, how do I even know he's an IT guy? Maybe he's taking me to fucking rape me. Like I was terrified. And we got there and he was like, you need to come in the store with me. You can't stay in the car. And like I was like, oh, okay then. And we went through the grocery store and like, it's like they had never seen a white chick. Like it was I felt so uncomfortable and then got like my groceries, got back to my room and then the next day I was going to the embassy to have my appointment to get my visa mm. and the guy was like, you're not like, you can't walk anywhere. Like you tell me when your appointment is, I'll take you there. And he literally lined up with me. It was like a massive, it took like three hours to get in, got in and then I like showed them all my documents. I had a letter of offer so I, I was employed and then he just looked at me, looked down and said, no. And I was like, uh, like, what do you mean? Like, I have a job already, like everything. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, you're not next. And like, no explanation. Got back, wow. to, got back to my room and I called the lady and I was like, they said no. And she's like, why? And I was like, I don't, like, they literally just said no and told me to leave. I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, you're already here and we're already on our way to get you from Nassau. So... You're just going to have to come on the boat and work illegally until we can figure out when you can get your visa. And I was like, well, what options did you have at that point? I was like, I don't know. Like, fucking, you're the boss. Okay. Yeah. Got on the boat. Um, and I was peeking out. And I told once I met her in person, she was lovely. I was like, I'm kind of wigging out. Like, this is against the law. And she was like, yeah, but like, just we'll just say that you're a guest, and then we'll send you after the boss trip. We'll fly you back to Australia to Sydney to get your visa and then we'll fly you back and I was like okay cool got there the boat was like something I've never ever ever and probably will never see because they're legit billionaires fuck it was next level really like oh I can't even explain it and I walked on and I was like okay cool and because the friend which brother was it uh Lorenzo or yeah Lorenzo yeah and so he's got Three kids, two boys and one girl. And the first boss trip was of his son who was 20 and I was 21. And he was just having his college friends and girlfriends on the boat. So they're Can like, imagine that? They're like, don't stress about this trip too. Because I was stressing. Like, I didn't know shit about that level of service for yeah. those types of people. And I was like, oh, Kayla, like, I don't know. Like, if I'm the girl for your job, I don't even have a visa. <laughs> and she's like, don't worry, it's... It's the son, it's the youngest son coming. He's fun. He's very respectful and he's just having friends. It will just be like two weeks of partying and then we'll sort out your visa and you'll be fine. I was like, okay, cool. Um, because she was the purser and she was like the friend of my friend who referred me, she's like, you can stay in the guest room with me. So I stayed in like one of the bedrooms of the boat and I was like, this is just like, 
I I have to show you photos later. It was so gnarly. And then the day that like the crew, like the kids arrived, they're not kids because they were my age, yeah. arrived, they were like just so amped up. Like imagine that. Like if your mate oh, had a boat. crazy, eh? And they were like, fire up. And I was like, fuck, this is so much fun. Like this is my job. And then the son and his girlfriend were like so lovely and I unpacked their stuff in their room and he had a shitload of weed and like I didn't know how to yeah. handle this situation. Like what do I say? What, where do I put it? Because you put their clothes away. Uh-huh. And I said to the chick, because we all have walkie-talkies, and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And she's like, just leave it in his bag and put everything else away. And then when I was leaving the room, he was coming in and I just couldn't help it. But I was like, have fun. <laughs> just instantly broke down. I was down just like, this is hilarious. And I was the youngest crew member on the boat. And then from then on, like, they were all just like, well, she's our mate. So That's so sick. The next day, my job was to go on a fishing trip with three of the boys and the captain. And all I had to do was make sure that they just were having a good time. And their rule was anytime you caught a fish that you had to have a shot of um, Jägermeister. Yeah. And they're like, come on, Katie. And I was like, oh, I can't. Like, I looked at the captain. I was like, I can't drink on my job. Like, mm-hmm. And he's like, if they ask you to do something, you need to do it. So I got back from this fishing trip, like Blowing. slaughtered, <laughs> got off the boat, like went straight to my room. And I just remember sitting there and being like, I didn't know anyone even in my crew to say like, I'm a maggot. I'm so drunk. Like, what am I meant to do? Like, what are the rules here? Yeah. And then I like messaged her. And I was like, can you please come see me? And she comes in and she's like, what have you done? And I was like, fishing trip. And she's like, oh yeah, sorry. I should have told you like you're off for the night because the fishing trip. And I was like, okay. Next night, pool party on the roof with like a foam <sighs> bubble machine. Like every night was just gnarly, gnarly, gnarly. Beach days, like your job is just to drink with them. That was fucking wow. And I got paid, I think I got paid five and a half grand US. For what? For that two weeks. Wow. And I came, I was like, what is my life? How many times did you work on that boat? So I did it. That's your wage when they're on. Yeah. When they're off, it's different. And you get paid monthly. And then they they were very generous. Like, and what do you do when you're off? Uh, so when, the, when they're not on the boat, it's called like being off and you're just literally tidying and organizing and doing maintenance. Yeah. So like every time you do a trip, like it's you literally work 24-7 for the whole time. Yeah. And then as soon as you, they go off, you do all the stock count of the boat. Like they have specific products that they want on the boat. Yeah. So you got to do all the stock ta- take, all the stock take, all the reordering, and then you literally go through the boat with a fucking ear Q-tip. I remember my job one day was going through these um, the grout lines in the bathroom with a Q-tip, and I looked at the chick. She's like, "Oh, you, this is what you're doing." I was like, "Yeah, what?" Like, thought she was joking, and that was my job for a whole day, and it literally took me a whole day. Isn't it crazy? Some people's reality. And so the one thing that the whole, that whole boat, like they are lovely people. And like, he was so humble. The son, he was like, don't take my dishes. I'll put them away. That's awesome. I know where the kitchen is. Like just little things. Like, and if the, every, the rule was like, if someone walked into a room, as soon as they leave, you need to go and make sure it looks like no one's been in. Yeah. So like, if they sit on the bed, you need to go and crease out the bed and he went into his room and like I was going in behind him to do he's like, you don't need to, mum's not on the boat, don't do that. Yeah, right. I was like, fuck yeah. But her thing was like, you know, dove soap? 
Yeah. The wings in every single bathroom where the soap was had to be up. And as soon as it had been used a couple of times so that you couldn't see the wings, rubbish. Wow. And like for me, I was like, this is so much wasted. Like, yeah. This is nuts. But that was the coolest job I've ever had. What an experience. Though. It was so much fun. And like literally I was in um, in like the, I can't remember what the movie's called, but it's filmed in the bus in Bahamas. Um, I can't remember. Who's in it? I think it's like Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, was it? Oh, what was it's the, like San Salvador is like an island in the Bahamas, and then there's Conception Island. Maybe yeah. the movie's called Conception. No, no, no. You're thinking of Inception. Uh, the it's called uh, the Beach. That's filmed in Thailand, isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Anyway, yeah, there's a that. there's this strip of like islands called Conception Island, and it's like a national reserve, and you cannot go there unless you pay like a shitload. So we were anchored there, and like really. Just what my day was, like, to, to wake up and look at that and swim. I would never in my lifetime afford to go back there. Yeah. Ever. It was the coolest job. And then, so, after that trip, they sent me back to Australia to get my visa properly. And then I flew back. And then the boat got taken out of the water to, like, be resanded and painted. And we were living in Virginia, which is, like, a Navy yeah. town yeah. in the US. Yeah. Um, not... A complete contrast. Yeah. To the, and I was like, this is fucking terrible. And How I, long did you live there for? Like a couple of months. And I was like, I, that was ha- enough. I hate this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going home. Yeah. So right. I literally came home because I was like, this is shit. No shit. But I, coolest job ever. I didn't know that it was that. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you just, just don't, don't talk, talk about, about it. That. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah. Lorenzo Fatita. What a ledge. Really? Nice yeah. guy. They're so lovely. Like, honestly, because when I, when I got the job, it was like you're working for a, what do they call them? Like a high class family. Yeah. They don't tell you who it is because then some people like. Have like certain preconceived yeah. notions about it. Yeah. And they're like, it's a, what is it called? When it's like upper class. I don't know. Anyway. And they're like, this is who you're working for. And I was like, okay, cool. Got there. And then you find out who it is. And I was like. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Cool. What are we doing? And then on the first night of my job, they made me watch this doco with him in it. Yeah. I I don't know what it's called, but it's the coolest doco. Yeah. Based on him. They're G's, man. That whole family. Yeah. They're Uh, like old school Vegas, like OG shit. And all the kids, like I'm still friends with some of the boys that I met on that boat. Yeah, right. Like one of the guys, I don't know that the t- footy teams that they play for, but they're, like, huge players. Really? And they'll always be like, oh, Katie's business looks good. Like, That's just, sick. They were all so humble. I was so, like, shocked. Yeah. Because I was like, these are going to just be some rich shitheads. Like, yeah. But they were all so lovely. That's so cool. I don't – the girls are a bit, like – Yeah, they were probably there for the wrong reasons. Yeah, they – yeah. <laughs> As if you wouldn't be. Well, how was your first Gypsy Tales podcast? It's fun. Because it's 4.20. You're kidding. I got a doctor's appointment. That's your time. I got got a doctor's appointment at 4.45, which I'm probably not going to make. That went quick. Goes quick, eh? Thanks. Were you worried? I was worried about how long it was going to be. It goes pretty quick. It does. Same conversations that we always have anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think that'll be the last time that you come on. Caitlin Eels, one of my favorite people on the Gold Coast, one of my favorite people in general. Uh, Her company, Sabia. Dot com, sabiaco.com. Yeah. 
what else? How else can people get at you? Can um, men use your products? Yes, super good for boys because it's just water. It's like super easy. And the cognac. so my dad was right. Yeah, let's send some to your dad and get his review. That would actually. Be I feel sick. like he would be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny. Your mum would love it. Yeah, I should take some up for it. Yeah, done. I'll hook you up. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, that was good. We'll do it again. Beautiful. And thank you, Dean. That wine. Yeah, was that was delicious. Was nice, eh? Yeah. Dean Lucas, getting it done. Get it. Bye. Peace.